active, mate. This is how it starts, like. Damn, all right, mate. Apologies, man. You just missed right. Gerald's sexual experiences over Zoom, man. You, like, I told you, you don't miss the start of these things. Apologies, mate. It's so... You had your chance no and you blew it, mate. So, no worse than someone being late, man. You had your chance. It was full on in the nod and you missed it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From the waist down or, or up as well? Well, whichever you yeah. eat preferred. Like, yeah, I eat out preferred. I eat out like... He got a, he got all excited at the start and took his trousers off, but we had to had to <laughs> rein him in a little bit. It's a kid. Kids will be watching this one. Yeah. How's the how's the podcast going, girl? Anyway. Yeah, it was more just the back, um, Yeah, like we didn't have much else to be doing, you know what I mean? And like the kind of there's pros and cons obviously to COVID, but one of the pros has been everyone's used to Zoom now. So like We've got a lot of, I suppose, what you'd say, international kind of people on that if we were still running it and things were normal, you probably wouldn't get the chance to talk to them. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's one of the kind of, I suppose, few pros of uh, the Zoom world at the minute. Like, yeah. 100%. What's, uh, I don't want to go on about COVID for too long. So I'll ask it like kind of once and then uh, we'll, <laughs> I'll move away from it. But uh, what's it been say, like for you to mention the C word? <laughs> Damn, I'll let you go first, mate. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's the, the norm now. It's been uh, everyone's definitely used to it now, but it's it was it was tough at, at the start. Um, and again, like I said about Zion, it's, it's if this had happened what ten years ago, even we, we kind of would have been in a worse worse position. You know, we would have been um, screwed. So I think Zion has been a massive, uh, you know, uh, help just being able to keep keep working remotely. Um. Yeah, it's 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 been uh, it's been tough, but I think people are definitely getting used to it. And, and uh, like you said, with people on the people getting used to it, it becomes the norm. So we've been able to work remotely. I've been able to work remotely um, from like kind of midway through the first lockdown till till now as normal. So it's been um, it's been a blessing, but uh, but still, it's not the not the same. But it, it does the job, you know. It it, it, it gets the job done, but. Uh, People can't wait to get back and uh, have the bit of crack and, and just the the kind of the vibe that that you get off uh, being in, in person with people in our being being in a different um, setting, being in a gym rather than being at home, you know. So there's definitely it's been it's been okay. It's been it's been doing the job, but uh, it's not the same. Yeah, like you said, there was um, we were in the school there like last summer, and a fella came in, and you know, like we all kind of probably adapted a bit quicker because we're used to technology. But like he was walking in and he still had a Nokia in his hand, still like putting posters up in the school hall. And, you know, like yeah. we we're kind of able to adapt, but there's plenty of clubs that it's just like this is all past them boy. Like I don't even think he had any emails, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or just older coaches, yeah. Older coaches just yeah, definitely um struggling, struggling with that sort of things. But but yeah, I'm still there. Uh, I'm still quite uh, old school with things. Even with my programs, I'll go pen and paper. You know, I just really write the programs down. Still pen and paper job. Um, yeah, so I'll be still quite old school with that kind of things with pen and paper. But uh, yeah, the Zoom. I was like a man from there. And it was actually my older clients, one of the two, two older clients that I have that uh, asked me to start doing Zoom, which is uh, funny, you know, and because I went the very first lockdown, I didn't do it. I didn't, didn't. Um, Go down that road is more like a satellite kind of program, just programming people remotely, just giving them the programs and 
sending them on kind of uh, videos explaining what they're doing, demoing what they're doing. But uh, it was uh, two of my, my, um, my older clients that actually recommended doing the Zooms and it worked really well with them. And then they got me on board. Then we just started doing it with everyone then. But uh, even even at the start, I was a bit shy of it in a sense. Yeah. Yeah, we did. I was we just going to say, sure. was gonna say there, Damo's like your man from uh, the water boy with his little blue notebook, like not letting anyone steal it. <laughs> like, Damo, give, give us a look at that program there. Like, most, he has, yeah, he has yeah. the ones that he gives to me, and then he has the ones that are like his secret players, like, you know. Yeah, it's like I was in prison or something. The way I wrote, you know, you wouldn't be able to read it anyway. You'd have to squint. Yes, one of the benefits you're only as bad as me with the right knee, though, aren't you? You're you're uh, finally got someone well, in the gym that writes worse than me. <laughs> That's how Lindsay and uh, Austin do. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh, one of the benefits of having author writing, though. No one can copy you. Like, That's it. Yeah, like a doctor. You don't see a doctor with good GP with a good right. I never read it. <laughs> <laughs> and what, um, like, obviously, yeah, from the coaching side, they're getting into Zoom, but for both is with your own training, like, and obviously not having as many competitions and stuff. Like, I know yeah. you had one demo in November, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, there was, was one. Um, obviously... Yeah, it, it was uh, It was in Dubai. And again, like, it seems to be the only kind of place that's, that's really running things, really. The UAE seems to be, the place to be, you know, at the minute that's that's still being able to run, run, um, run stuff, and I don't know if it's just down down to the the, the people that are actually running shows over there. In a sense, it's like they, they they've got they've got serious money behind behind them, and, and they're not really running it like a business. Whereas anything real local, whether it be Ireland or the UK, even and kind of over these these shores, it's usually run like a business in a sense. And people aren't people are there; they want they want return, so they want. They want money back. Um, so I think it's hard. It's harder to do a joint these times. You can't get spectators in. But as I said, over in the UAE, I think that there's a lot of money there. And I think they're just running it as as a hobby. Most of the things they're just running it as a hobby, something to do, something to, they want it to be just an extravagant show. Um, I don't think they're looking for any financial return. I think that's the main reason why they they've been putting on shows over there. Not exactly looking for um looking for money they just want uh, always always on on the UAE and, and the shows that they're being able to put on so I think that's the, the reason why they've been able to do it but it was it was good it was good to get over there and it, and it was great and hopefully it can happen again um, but it's just the, the the training side of things is definitely hindered over here um, limited training partners uh, obviously you could you could have more training are still there and they're still trying to that's why I think the, the, the training has been limited and, and everyone has to kind of keep their circle small because uh, you could try and go with business as normal but again you could if you catch COVID the whole thing is off the whole show is off, the whole show is off so you have to um, try and try and try and balance being ready with also uh, just getting getting to the dance in a sense you know so it's, it, it is it is a hard one to juggle but uh but training wise, I've been able to kind of keep ticking away. We didn't have a massive club as far as numbers anyway, just me and the coach and, and a handful of people anyway. So it's 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 been um it's been okay. We were not a massive a massive gym that's been um struck down numbers wise. So uh that from that point of view it's been alright. But uh you know you know Roy Gerald, don't you? You know uh Roy Long. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Roy's my postman, Roy, mate. Roy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rose and, and keeps kicking, leaving, kicking, uh, um, keeps leaving nice little drawings on all my letters, like. 
Yeah, I do not want me for a word, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want me for a word, yeah. He's, uh, yeah, so Roseman, Roseman helped me, yeah. He's been training with me, so he's been one of the training partner I've had for the last few weeks. So it's been it's been good having him. But uh, other than that, it's uh, things haven't changed too much. We're looking we still at the gym there. It's closed, obviously, but I can still go there myself and train. It's good in me, me, um, my five k or whatever, and I'm able to still take away in there as far as my strength conditioning. And then uh, yeah, we can use that to kickbox and um, myself and Roy. But it's yeah, from that point of view, it's okay. But definitely, it's it's limited. You know, that's all I can say. Mm. Things are definitely limited. Like mentally, for about you, is like obviously you know, you've done a lot of like marathons and stuff as well. So like, is it hard to like keep training when you don't have you know say a guarantee that something's coming up in three months or you know you're not training towards something? If you get me, it's just waiting almost. Yeah, I I think so, man. Like even going back to last year when all this started, like I had so many things booked in for twenty twenty, um, and then for them all to be just taken away like that, uh. It can be it can be demotivating or or like you know you, you can kind of take a blow from it but I think the important thing was at the time and and still now is like to kind of like it's a good time to focus on things you're not good at I think me and Dan were talking about this last week and it's good it's a good time to sort of set your own little goals and um even last year like from from myself I was like I was meant to run a fifty k in June um in in Galway a race. And I was disappointed, obviously, that was cancelled. But I was like, I'm going to do the 50k anyway, you know, that kind of way. Uh, I ran around the block a few times in Dunleary and then it kind of, that kind of did take that off. But now, this, especially since the turn of the year, um, we knew that nothing was really going to be happening this year, um, competition-wise or, or race-wise or whatever you want to call it. So I think Daniel probably agrees it's, like, it's a good time to focus on things you're not good at. Uh, focus on, like, from, from my own from my own standpoint it was good to like kind of get a bit of fucking weight <laughs> uh build on build build me strength uh, and kind of get to a point where i wanted to be and and, and gain a bit of weight while well, also doing a 50k yeah i know i haven't done that in a while now so like, i'll tell you I'm, <laughs> up, I'm 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 up to fucking 80 i'm, I'm allowed of course on this i'm it's not a family show around do, do what you want me <laughs> <laughs> you talked about me getting uh, it out earlier yeah, yeah. yeah. Carol's in the nip at the start of the show. I, know you're <laughs> <in> the <laughs> I, I, I was gonna say, there's no point in having me on if I can't course, but uh, <laughs> no, it is. And like, I mean, it was it was definitely a point where I came to where I was like, you know what, I wouldn't mind being a, a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, a little bit faster. Um, so yeah, it's a good time to just to just focus on stuff you're not good at. Uh, don't be. I think the big thing is don't be setting mad goals for yourself. Like, you know what I mean? Just set little, small, little goals and small within your training plan. And like, just take it day by day and try and take the positive positives out of it. Like, you know, because if we sit here talking about, oh, we can't do this, we can't do that. This is cancelled, that's cancelled. Your head would be fucking wrecked. Like, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Has it been the same for you, Daimo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has, uh, it has been, um, an opportunity to try and again as Ito said about um, working on things that you haven't in a sense I've been trying to assess assess things and I was like I better knuckle down starting on some uh, some strength training and so again as I mentioned at the start I was down, trying to get into the gym now we start the gym there and try and do some strength conditioning but uh, with more strength to be honest just strength work um, that been a, a thing that I would, I would, um, would stop doing altogether um, for, for probably a year because 
but I was just training at home um, because that's all I want my clients for them. So again, I was just trying to make sure things were working well for them before I'd send it on, make sure I'm, I'm practicing what I'm preaching and making sure it's effective. And then but on, on the other side, but I was still, I hadn't done any strength work, it was all kind of high rep stuff. So that was definitely something that I, I felt um, I was lacking then when I, when I went over to, to the boy in November, I felt that in my performance in a sense. So it was something, you know, you try and try and get back on that. And then, um, yeah, I'm not. I'm by no means in a calorie deficit at the minute, so I'm, uh, I'm in a good, good, uh, good position to try and get stronger and build on stuff. But yeah, it's, it's something to to try and um, if you can get, if we can all gain something at, at the end of this when things do reopen to, to normal, I think that's a good way of looking at it. You know, like and, and if if me trying to be strong, trying to get stronger again now is is something that uh, well, there's not not as many shows on, and I'm not, you know, um doing as much cardio as, as, as it would be, you know, because the, the, the opportunity uh, of, a, of a fight is a lot less likely. So you can take you can take advantage of things like that. And I think if everyone has that that attitude, that try and take advantage of uh, the downtime, whether it be even, even personal things with family and, um, you know, not not working as much or not, not traveling as much or whatever it might be. If we can all take something something positive from this, um, I think I think it's a much better way of looking at it than, than yeah, complaining about, all the stuff we can't do because yeah we all know it's shit and, and, and that, that's not going to change you know so try and try and take something positive from it yeah, I think that's what I've been trying to do sorry Gerald that's what I've been trying to do since the very start of this man was like like I well, kind of it sounds weird I was thinking about it the other day like and it like it sounds kind of a bit fucking airy fairy when you say it like but it's like maybe this is exactly what everyone needed um, on a positive note, obviously, you know, the negative side is, is you know, and people are getting sick and people are passing away and whatever. But, like, from my own, in my own personal experience, like, I was caught up in this fucking rat race of, like, getting up nine to five, home, training, bed, shit, sleep, up, like, nine to five. And it was just this constant go, like, you know. Um, and it was a chance for me to just go, like, relax there. You know what I mean? Mm. Like Damo was saying, like things like for me, like sorting my sleep out, sorting my my habits out, like you know, the kind of way. And and when you concentrate on the positive sides of it, like good things do come of it. Um, but if you sit in your house and you're watching the news and you're getting fucking stressed out about everything, like I mean, that's when the, the negative thought process starts to creep in, and that's when you start to gonna go. This is shit. Can't do that. Can't do this. Um, so yeah, like Demo was saying, it's it's a good chance to to keep the like, keep concentrating on your positive things, keep the good habits, and do what we can. Like you know, not going away because I don't see it being uh, I don't see it going away anytime soon. Like or being back to normal anytime soon. Like you know. Yeah, I think when uh, when you suddenly had all that free time, well, like free air time. You suddenly like, you know, for me, I know you were just kind of, you saw what you wanted to spend your time doing as well, because you had all this free time and you're like, well, what will I do with it? And like, for me, it was still revolved around training and what I could, what I could control as well as, um, and then, yeah, like a lot of lads in, I know our sport's different, but a lot of the lads, as you said, they, you know, they worked on what they could. So you're still kind of trying to control what you can. Um, so we couldn't do a lot of, swinging around stuff I suppose because we don't have the parks here but everyone's gotten stronger um, but as you say <clears throat> you could very easily just turn around and be like 
oh, this is shit, I can't do X, Y, Z, so I'm not going to bother. But you could see the ones that when you had that free, like for me, I had the free, like the free time and I still wanted to spend that free time invested, I suppose, or involved in the sport that I like, do you know what I mean? I suppose it was the same probably for you then. Yeah, definitely. I think with sport and even personal life and people's work and everything, it makes people realise, um, you know, if they really love something or they, or they don't. Um, it really has. Like, I've been talking to people that kind of in their jobs or whatever and then they'd be like, I thought I loved my job, you know, but I, I think I don't. I actually know I don't now really in a sense, you know, it was probably just a bit of camaraderie from the people in their job that they actually liked, you know, they, they thought they liked their job now. They're kind of, some people that are like that, they, they actually don't like their job now. Um, but even like, like myself, I, I still love my job. It's not, you know, it's, so that's, that's a, a definitive um, answer for myself that yeah, I know that's what I want to do, that's where my passion is. And even the same with sport and kickboxing, it's like, yeah, I, I, I just wanted to try and get better, even though it hasn't been a point where I'm like, because uh, there's not a competition, I just want to pack it in, you know. So I think it's it's definitely whittled whittled down um, the people that are in it for the right reasons and the people that aren't, you know, and everything, all the kind of aspects of life. I think it's it's definitely made uh, people realize if they actually want to do something or if they're just doing it because they think it's cool or what, you know, whatever yeah, things yeah. like that. You're spot on. I, I was I was one of them, man. That was like, you know, obviously working in IT and like anyone I say that or anyone I I kind of that 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 knows me but doesn't know me like even the first time I spoke to Austin and I told him that I was um, I worked in IT he like his face was like oh I thought you worked in sports somewhere and like kind of I don't know whether it was like the COVID or that existential crisis of torn and 30 like but it was like kind of <laughs> like it was something in my brain going like man it was itching away at me for a long time and saying like you know this isn't you, this isn't you. And eventually that does come to, as Damo says, that whittles you down and it does eventually come like to a head, you know, that sort of way. Um, and I think it's happened to a lot of people, especially as you were saying now that they've been given the time to sit on their own and not in that, oh, like I'm, I'm in my job because I like my mates and the money's good. But if you're not fundamentally happy with what you're doing, like that can, that can be that not just in like obviously in sport but like in in life like that can be a serious like head melter as I would call it like you know um so yeah it is it was it, it was a good time for that and if people have figured that out and you see we were just talking about the two lads before this like opening the coffee shop and like you see little new little businesses popping up left right and center now like and that's the backlash of this like we may not have this slave to money thing anymore like you know of just going in like banging out the nine to five and something that you hate and and kind of pursuing your passion and wanting to do that for the rest of your life like you know i think Andrew, like you've seen how obviously with a pandemic and it's not like they happen very often but like you can see how easily you can be in something you hate and it can still get taken away from you just like that whereas austria i suppose you're in something that you love to do so regardless of something like this happening to you you're going to try and figure ways around it you know you're still going to right, well what can I do or like you know what can I control or you know how can I improve myself whereas if you're in a job that you hate you're just like a ah, grand week off like you know um, yeah I think you've probably learned that the last through year. it yeah. yeah definitely yeah and then I think like it, it comes down to the to the point of even it's not it's not even like 
just just money, you know, because some people like as I said, if you're in a job that's hate and and you're you're just working for for a bigger employer, you'll happily sit back and take your yeah three fifty a week or whatever and just get on with it. But if you've built up this company that you've got this clientele and you've got this reputation, and then all of a sudden they'll take it away from you. But yeah, they'll tell you, oh, it's all right. You've got your your three fifty and all, like, you know. And but it's not about that. It's, you you've real you, you're destroying the the clientele that I've built up over the years. You know that's been taken away and then. Again, the it, 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 the whole lockdown will whittle whittle down numbers that you don't know whether they're all going to come back. Because again, like we said, some it makes people realize: do they want to do it? Are people in it for the right reasons? And a lot of people aren't. Like, not that they're not in it for the right reasons. They probably aren't in it long enough to realize what the right reasons are. They probably just understand. Oh, it's a bit of crack, like going, going, and you know, swinging around the bar. They love it. Meet, meet the people that they that 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 are trying with. They they love the social aspect. And then when that's taken away from them, they probably don't really think like okay how can i actually better myself at that they're just like it's 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 all or nothing i'm either going there or i'm not trying it at all you know for them so you probably lose a lot of them people you know and then when, when things re- do reopen back up they probably went another avenue on life they probably end up going down playing an instrument or something you know it could be anything so like you just you don't know what clientele you're going to get back so it's it, when you're in a job that you love you you see it more than just the financial uh, loss you do see that the knock-on effect that it's having as a as a business you know and i, I know i've i've lost clientele um because of things like that you know like uh i've lost them and, and it's it has a bigger bigger effect than, than you think you know it's not just all um financial at the point um at the time you know you wonder what what effect it will have on um even the likes of yourselves, girl, with the with the teaching kids, you know, what, what will the next generation, what kind of knock on effect has this 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 year had on um, the next generation of of kind of uh, talent coming up? You know, it's it's a lot bigger than we think. I think. Yeah, hundred percent. Like you know, that's what you say. Like you said, man, the, the community. Look, I think none of us are in this for money, really. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's as you say, there is a lot of other aspects for why we're involved in sport, and when you've. Yeah. Like as you said, like we've kids with us that only joined when the last year, and we've lost kids. And like mm-hmm. as you said, the community you build is more important to you than like any kind of financial incentive, especially in sport. And as you say, you're more nervous about losing the people that you've built up good relationships with, and you want them yeah. to stay involved. And that's bigger than um obviously the finance. You know, you need finance to keep everything going, but you want yeah. to come back and hopefully. As you say, long term, if you're trying to develop people and stuff, you need them around long term, and you don't know what effect that'll have on them. Yes, yeah, definitely. But you uh, would like to think they'd come back, though, wouldn't you? Like, I mean, like even even I was talking to some, one of the lads at Oakley, he he runs a martial arts academy out in Balbriggan or something like, out that way, like, and he was like, he's worried that, as you were saying, our the kids have just started, like last year or whatever, eighteen months ago, and they're kind of like. Oh, you nearly forget how much crack it is. Like you know, that kind of way, and they yeah. just get, they they like or that like whatever happens, their parents like can't afford the gym membership anymore, or whatever, or like I don't know what's gonna happen down the line. Like, um, but there's so many different things that kids can do now, and um, like you're kind of hoping that they do go back to what they did do pre pre COVID. Like you know, and um, it's so important. I know we always moan about like our gyms not opening and blah blah blah, but for the kids, man so important for them to be active and, and doing all these things like you know like I'm just hoping I don't know what it's been like for you obviously with jiu-jitsu and kickboxing it's different but like when you take like with us we we had kids that would have been in competition or you know lads kind of 17 18 at that age where you're starting to 
prepare them for competitions like and like the motivation kind of is gone because there's nothing to prepare them for as much and the training was so different because everyone's like oh you just want to keep them involved at the minute um, and then as you said I'm a long term you don't know if does that kid come back when things are normal or and as well it's the same yeah. about clubs man both sports for you as well like I'm sure it's going to happen I'm sure every other MMA club or yeah. you know whatever sport they're going to think one they're the same yeah, I'm sure there will be a big, big gap. Um, yeah, a big gap in, in like in the next few years. You kind of wonder if it was, if we'll see the 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 drop in in, in levels, even to you know, or the, the new wave of talent coming through. You wonder what what kind of knock on it will have because you kind of get kids that are, yeah, in that in that phase of just becoming senior, becoming elite, if you want to say, and then it is quite hypocritical that grassroots and, and other sports can't continue but elite elite level can I know from a safety point of view it's okay you know it's easier to kind of bubble people off if, if they're if that's their living but it is quite hypocritical that you know you're, you're kind of dangling you know the carrot in front of the people you can you're letting them see what they want to be but then they can't even try and can't even practice you know it's just like it's very it's very hard on them like um so yeah you kind of get people getting fed up I suppose and, and just giving up um so I wonder will, will we see and then even from the point of view that there, there's like people are like semi semi pro like um, especially in Ireland we're just not a country that that are uh, really good at funding funding athletes or supporting supporting our own athletes you know from 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 government in, compar- in comparison to other other countries like in kickboxing we compete against countries that are that are you know um, getting millions millions of, a, of, a, of a, like a kickboxing organisation will be getting millions of a government uh, funding you know, whether it be two million for a country that's 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 relatively small, and then they, you know, they'd be giving out giving out financial incentives if you if you bring back a medal, kind of like the high performance in the boxing over here. Um, you know, so the we're, we're not very good at uh, at doing that kind of stuff um, in Ireland, which uh, which which makes it even um, harder, I suppose, for people to uh, people to want to stay in, in the sport. You know, it's already hard enough. Um, so when you go through times like this, I think it's very easy for people to want to to drop out of it, out of a sport, and the financial incentives and things like that aren't even there that you are in other countries. Um, you know, at a at a at a semi pro level or or a high a high um a high level amateur. Um, in Ireland we're quite poor at looking after looking after. I was um, that was elite amateurs if you want to say. Uh, they're, they're, they're just on the, the, the cusp of becoming becoming pro or getting bigger opportunities but if we can't hold on to them or fund them enough from the from the government we'll definitely lose them during, um, during times like this you know I wasn't planning on talking about that but when you said that like you know obviously you've gone to a lot of world events and you know I qualified last year and I contacted the sports partnership for funding and all and uh, it was like oh no there, there wouldn't be anything in the budget for that kind of thing and I was just like but, but you spent, and then they'd asked us to go to an event and they told me that they'd spent five grand on this inflatable welcome sign. And I'm just like, like, you know, like you, Damon, man, I'm sure, like if they offered you X amount, like a grant or something, and it was like in return, will you go into a school, tell the kids about your experience, provide some training? I'm sure you'd happily do it, you know, that way. And it would yeah, have a much yeah, bigger long-term knock-on effect for kids in our area for the sport in the area, if their remit's supposed yeah. to be increased participation, get people like you yeah. going back to schools that you were involved in in exchange for that. 
that's going to yeah, do more, yeah. I think. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's such a like you, you see it with the high performance boxing, like the look at the results now. There's an, a European or a world event, like there's a, there's an Irish boxer on every podium, like you know, they're, they're, they're always meddling and they're always bringing back things, but it does, it's. It's a real, again, a real hypocritical thing. It's like you're not going to get any funding until you bring a medal back. But it's like, how can I get there without without funding? You know, it's yeah, you, yeah. you won't get any funding off the sport accounts until you bring a medals back. Um, that's the way they kind of see it. But it's like, how can we compete against the other countries that are getting funding? Um, you know, how can we bridge that gap? Um, so like the 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 proof is there with the with the high performance uh, boxing. Like they 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 start giving grants out and the lads are trying to full time. And the, the results are there. You can, you can start to be seeing. So they can do that in other sports. Obviously, we know it has to start small, and uh, especially when when the when things aren't Olympic sports. You know, it's 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 hard. Um, but if they can start putting some funding in, it's it's going to give good results back in long term. Just um, yeah, it will come back in. It will get more kids involved, as you said. It's like the like the women's campaign. The, the you know, if you can't if you can't see it, um, you can't want to be it. It's very, very true. Like so, I think if 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 you can get more um get more exposure, it's uh, it, it will come full circle. So yeah, it, hopefully the Irish government will definitely um start giving out giving out more funding um to to sport, especially during times like this. I think people everyone realizes how important uh, physical training is, no matter what the sport is, no matter if it's an Olympic sport or it's not or um. You know, it's 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 very recognised or not. If people are participating in it, I think they, they should definitely try and push push them more funding towards every sport because uh, the fundamental side of things and physical side of things. Now, I think we can see um, how important it is during during the pandemic. You know, I think they, they definitely need to push push more money towards it. Because um, overall the, health as well, isn't it? Like, yeah, like hmm. the a lot of the sports partnerships obviously are given funding, but it's it's kind of how they dis- distribute it. Um, yeah. like they, they've been brilliant with me I can't turn around and kind of be slating them here but um, yeah. the likes of you man like who's going to world events like if you walk into a school and you tell them that that's your experience it's like you've said like success will attract participation yeah. so if you're like for them if they can turn around and go look would you do this in exchange or whatever um, like and their remit is supposed to just be very basic increased physical activity you going into a school and talking about that would have a much longer, bigger, long-term effect on their, oh, go for a walk around Kilbogga there, and that's what they claim yeah. is increasing physical activity. Like, Yeah, yeah, and you want to be you want to be told by someone that's that's doing it. You know, you always, that's how I always feel, even from a coaching point of view. It's like, I'm not going to tell someone to do that, 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 you know, if I can't do it, if I haven't tried it, attempted it myself. You know, I want to have a bit of empathy when I'm trying to explain things to people or, you know, it's the same with just stories in general. If you're trying to motivate someone, you want to have tried attempted things yourself. You don't always have to have succeeded it, but you want to have definitely attempted it. I think people will uh, will listen to you a lot more. And uh, like you were saying about the the sign, um, the five grand sign that, that, that they'll tell you they spent, you know, on um, uh, at an event, but yet they won't give you any fun. And it's it's the it's like when we go to world championships um, or European championships, they're all self funded, you know. So like. It's uh like last year, so it's 2019 now. Last year was a write off, um, as far as the 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 Europeans, but the world's been deal before. It's it's self funded, um, so it's all self funded. So we we paid over a grand myself just to go. So you just you, you put you pull you 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 dig into your own pocket, you pay it, um, 
you have to take time off work. You know, you have to go. Um, so it's all self-funded now. This is at the the amateur the amateur world championships now. Um, when I say amateur, it's it's the highest the highest level there is. You know, um, uh, at the Wacker Worlds, but it's all self-funded in Ireland. You know, and again, you're coming up against the likes of Russia, and you're coming up against the likes of Serbia, Poland. All these things, all these people that are that are funded, you know, they don't have to put their, their hand in their pocket. And mm. then that's only the one event. That's only the one event where we go, we go to there to the to the worlds. But they're getting the same treatment all year round at that level. So they're again, they're again, they don't put their hand in their pocket for any event. They might necessarily get paid. All of them are getting paid to fight to compete, but they're getting practice runouts every month, every two months. So it's like they, they're getting paid to go to they're gonna to go to Athens and they're gonna compete in the Athens Open or whatever it might be, or they're gonna to go to the they're gonna to go to Rimini and they're gonna fight and all these kind of things. They're constantly just traveling every two months as a team and and, and getting to compete and they don't have to put their hand in their pocket. Um whereas we don't we, we compete in the Irish Open maybe and then because it's in Ireland and again you got international opposition, then that'll probably be our only international fight. We're waiting then till the to the worlds because again we've put our hand in our pocket every time to take time mm. off work and and it's it's hard to compete at that level. So a little bit of fun will go a long way, you know. And you don't want to be getting exactly paid, but you just like to not have to put your hand in your own pocket. And again, I think that's enough to bridge the gap. You'll definitely start seeing more people on podiums and and things like that. And uh, it kind of takes someone to to take one for the team and just try and push through that that mid that that kind of phase where there isn't any funding. Get a medal, then start really trying to push for funding. And I think like Katie Taylor and those you know boxers where they. The bridging gap for Irish boxing, and look at the results now. Um, with the, with the high performance team, and I think kickboxing even needs that. Just speaking from a kickboxing point of view, we need something like that. I I would be more than happy to kind of hopefully be that kind of person. You know, go away next year, um, whenever the worlds are back. You know, this year, next year, um, the Europeans, whatever, and try and chase a medal and, and push bridge that gap as best as possible. But it's definitely hard when you're when you're dealing with uh, against opposition that are constantly getting funded and, and, and the Irish the Irish opposite, uh, government, you know, sporting council aren't, aren't really giving you anything to, to work towards. You're constantly putting your hand in your pocket, you know. Yeah, look, I, I think I, it's I, important I, as well. Sorry, you go. Go away. No, go away. Uh, I was going to ask you, it's the same in jiu-jitsu and all as well. Like, Dara funds a lot of his stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. The lads are, yeah. They're, they're, like, all the, the pros are all... Um, they obviously like. I mean, there's obviously sponsorship deals out there, and they they get money to to when they when they win the big tournaments. But like now, they're all self funded flights, accommodation is all like you know that sort of way. And uh, but just going back to Damo's point there, like if 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 you look at what love my head, I mean, look what Conor McGregor done or what Katie Taylor's done for for the, their specific sports. Like it kind of inspires younger Irish people to be like, oh, I can do that. Like I don't have to follow that you know, path of uh, school, college, work, you know, in a sort of way, that's not, some people don't want to do that. Like, and I think that our generation were caught in that sort of loop. The younger people now can see like, oh, I can, I'm good at this. So I can make a living of it, you know? And if they're like, if you look at Conor McGregor, imagine there was five, six, seven, eight, nine Conor McGregor's in different aspects of, of not just martial arts, but like, you know, like we used to look up to football players when we were younger and think, oh, I'd love to do that. Um, but like I mean it kind of in, it, the more there is and the more funding there is in those specific areas the more hope for younger kids that maybe aren't as good in school but they're they're dedicated to their sport they train every day they want to do it but they don't see a path 
like Damo was saying, you, you might have to go to the Europeans and, and, and medal just to get a bit of funding. Like, you know, it's sort of the way yeah, it's yeah. like, so the more role models, and probably what I'm trying to say is the more role models at specific sports we have, the more these younger kids that maybe aren't like, like, you know, like, I'm no way a fucking an idiot, but I hated school. Like, you know, Gary, you were in school with me. Like, I think, like, I just, just me in school just never saw I die. Like, I just, I just didn't like it. Um, but I, I was never it's told. Like, like, every day, like, yeah, like, and it was, it was so, <laughs> like, like, the only subject I liked was history, and that was the only one I ever really, like, kind of put my mind to, like, you know, school just isn't for some people, and especially kids in the borough, especially around where we are, like, it's like, some kids just, just fucking hate school, and they just don't see it, but they they could be unbelievable at boxing, or unbelievable at kickboxing, or unbelievable at jiu-jitsu, um, so it's important for them to see that path, like Damo was saying, of, like, oh, like, yeah, my teacher's saying uh, I'm not going to do anything in the education sector, but like, I mean, I could make a living off me, like Damo saying, make a living off me kickboxing or you know, like making a living off me sport, like, you know. So I think that's important to see that path, like, you know. Yeah, school just teaches you to like hate something Monday to Friday from nine to five, like, and then. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like, Damo, obviously, man, you've mentioned there some of the like the worlds and stuff and the events you've been involved, you know your record better than me, man. Like, what, what, what is your record? Because every time I see you, you have about six belts around you. Yeah, so, like, it started, started with, with kickboxing in general. It's, it, kickboxing, is, it's very broad. It's very broad. There's loads of different styles and stuff. It's, um, you know, it's, uh, trying to explain it to someone, it's, it's, it, it's it is it is hard and someone says kickboxing it, it can mean anything you know and that's that's one thing with, with kickboxing and that's why it's it's hard when we're trying to make it it's it's on the way to getting Olympic recognition things like that but it's it's hard to uh, when, when you say kickboxing it's not just one thing when you say boxing everyone knows what it is it's boxing right there's only boxing even um with a lot of sports it's similar with kickboxing it's very broad so there's loads of different sides and under the, the kickboxing bracket are hidden there's, there's, there's kick. People can do kickboxing and not actually ever fight. They can be musical forms uh, that they could do, you know. So that, that in a sense, that be somewhat nearly similar enough to to what you would do with the calisthenics. It's kind of very, it's, it's, it's how pleasing is it to, to watch and how pleasing on the eye is it and it gets judged on, on things like that. But that that's still under the kickboxing, uh, uh, you know, he, he, heading. So then there's semi contact, which is like. Um, points fighting so it's it's stop and start kind of craddy kind of style um you know like in the craddy kid for first person to touch or score land land a scoring shot stop so there's that there's that style of fighting then there's uh light contact which is on the mats it's it's not full contact you're not allowed to hit very hard but it's continuous fighting you're you're not allowed just throwing haymakers but it's continuous fighting um and then you move to the ring so it's in the ring is where all the full contact and knockouts and stuff are, are allowed. Um, so it's full contact kickboxing. That's where we started. And um, well, sorry, I started doing light contact when I was younger. So it's continuous fighting. It is a fight. If you're looking at it from outside, you understand it is a fight. It's two people scrapping on the mats, but you will get warned for punching really hard and kicking really hard. If you're seeing it to lose your, your, your control, you'll get warned for that. So that's the difference with light contact. And that's where I started. And then I moved into full contact, which is in the ring. Um, so that's where knockouts are allowed. Um, everything has to be really hard and strong to, to be a score. You can't just tip someone and get a score. So that's where I started. Um, 
my kind of senior senior kickboxing career was in full contact and with in the full contact you wear pants so it's more full length pants so you're wearing actual trousers and you wear you've got padding on your feet so you've got boots and shin pads on um so that's that's the full contact style of kickboxing uh that i don't so i won numerous kind of national titles uh national titles five nation titles european titles world titles in in full contact um just from from the age of you know, 17 when I had my first kind of senior fight up till uh, I think it was 24. It was 24 when, yeah, I fell out of love with, with full contact. And uh, again, I, I, I accumulated a lot of different different national titles over different organisations. It's kind of similar to, to boxing. You've got IBF, WBA, WBO, WBC. Everyone wants a piece of the pie, so you're never going to get one one organization. If there's money to be made by organizers and promotions, they're all going to try and get some. So they're all going to have their own bills. So it was kind of all over different different um, associations that had those titles, had Irish titles and the IKF, OSKA, WACO, um, European titles and OSKA, world titles in the OSKA. Uh, so that's that's where I had on my full contact belts. And then, then I, the reason why I fell out of love with full contact was... Uh, the K1 is another style of kickboxing. Again, it's more kicks to the legs, knees, um, and that was just becoming a lot bigger on the scene. So when we were, it was the, the full contact scene was just getting a lot smaller. Everyone around the borough and everyone around was just doing a lot more K1, and uh, it was just it was just shrinking. And the full contact scene, and I was falling out of love with it because I couldn't prepare properly. I was going away to international events and just getting smoked, you know. And then you're feeling very frustrated. You're just like, oh, now I just can't give the best account of myself. Um, in this sport anymore and I just I just fell out, fell out of love with it um, so that that was the full contact I was done packed, packed it in with that and then I started uh, in K1 and it was literally even though it's still under that kickboxing heading as I say as I say it's it's a totally different sport totally different it was kicks to the legs and uh, for anyone that's never been kicked in the leg which I was that was me it's a serious wake up call you know you think like <laughs> oh you have, I have this down you know I have this Fucking spinny shit down again. You know my legs are great, like, and, and I, I feel very confident in them. And then you get a kick in the leg, like, and you're like, my fucking whole life has been a lie, you know. It's like <laughs> everything, everything I've learned is just been, a, you know, been 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 a lie. Like it can be completely, it can be taken out of the equation very very quickly with just kicking the leg, which I used to think was not even skillful. Anyone can kick, like kicking a football, like I can, I can kick someone in the leg. You know, it's like it's not that's. That's the, the 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 stupidity and the the the, the ignorance that I had years ago, you know. And then K one started becoming big, so I said, "Royal jump and starting with K one." I loved it. It's like just starting a new sport. You're learning something new every day. It's just constant learning, and I just you know embraced myself on that, and I was loving it. And uh, I was uh, starting to starting to train that for probably about a year, and then I just said, "Royal, I'll just, I'll just start fighting." Then, and I just went straight in. Uh, Went straight into pro, fighting pro at that level because again I've been right at the highest level of amateur full contact kickboxing. So I felt I knew I had the skills to fight pro domestically. I knew I was above. I knew I was even above most of the people fighting pro domestically. But uh, the people that were willing to fight pro domestically were just mad enough to fight without shin pads on. You know, technically they, just, <laughs> they weren't great. They weren't great. Like I was looking at them and they just they're, they're not great, but. Yeah, they're, they're they're mentally strong enough and mad enough to get in there. Fight with shin pads on. That was the only difference between amateur and pro, to be quite honest. And then I was like, oh, I know we can do it." So, so I had my first uh, first pro fight. I think it was March 2016. 
a very controversial loss, but uh, but it got me name up there. People uh, people start paying attention straight away because it was just this guy just throwing spinny kicks, and you know that wasn't really seen in, in K1 because um, people were getting their legs kicked, you know. And again, if we had started in K1, I probably never would have developed um, spinning kicks, but because it came from it. Taekwondo background when I was only four, I, I developed those kind of kicks over my life, and then I was able to bring them into into K one, and, and it, it got got people's attention. People were looking at, people were entertained by the fights, you know. So it was, it was great to have a contrast in style, and it got it got a bit of attention to me. Second fight, then I had a a kind of spectacular knockout with them and a spinning kick that got a lot more attention again, and uh, yeah, it, it, people kind of recognised me name then from 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 that time onwards and really domestically. Um, and then we've had had ups and downs the whole time, uh, you know, wins and losses and uh, titles here, title losses there, you know, and, and but it's it's because I'm fighting 50-50 fights all the time, and it's not like um, it's not like pro boxing where you're fighting journeymen. You don't get journeymen in, in, uh, in kickboxing. You don't get them because um, they'll be found out, you know. Um, so it's 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 impossible to get a journeyman in kickboxing. People people don't want to go in there and get a their legs chewed up or their, 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 their head kneed off, you know, so people aren't going to be in there, you know, just to shell up and, and, and be a journeyman. So they're constantly 50-50 fights and um, most of my losses have, uh, as I said, they've been controversial um, or else they've been, uh, I've been in away territory taking taking a last minute fight, you know, going, going to enemy territory, going to Switzerland to fight, um, the fight on short note is going to uh, Sheffield. The fight on short note is going to Dubai. The fight on relatively short notice, and, and they're all hometown fighters. You're fighting the guy that's running the show is there is usually their coach, and they have the backing of the whole the whole the whole event. And there's where me um I've had five losses professionally, and uh, nine wins. So um you know it's been it's been an up and down road, but uh you know it, the way I look at it is the records in a sense don't don't define. Don't define um, how good I am. Uh, it's uh, you still, your record doesn't fight for you when you have to get in there. So um, as far as far as the the record professionally with K one, it's it's nine wins, five losses. But as I said, I've had I've probably had over one hundred and fifty, probably over one hundred and fifty fights more. To be quite honest, um, throughout my whole life with amateur amateur fights, through through Taekwondo. For light contact kickboxing, full contact kickboxing, like K one, you know, I've been I've been competing, um, since it probably about probably about eight in Taekwondo all the way all the way up to now, you know, so I've probably had over one hundred fifty fights realistically, but everyone everyone doesn't keep them on paper. It really is the only thing that's on paper, and and people seem to keep record of is your is your pro record, um, when K one, so that's nine wins and five losses currently. But as I said, three losses gone from going to enemy territory, and then two losses here domestically. Um, that are quite controversial to be honest but uh, it's uh, yeah that's that's my record and that's the the <laughs> breakdown on um, on myself you said there man like you <clears throat> obviously I, I knew anyway but like the fact you're doing taekwondo for so long um, oh. and then when you moved into something obviously similar but slightly different you felt like the, the kicks you'd learned from taekwondo you were able to bring in um, yeah. Ito, like obviously me and you like played football growing up as well but like me and you moved Don't into don't even ask oh, me in my fucking record after yeah. asking Damo. Don't, don't even, I thought you were going to say, ask me what I've done after after Damo. Just no, you're all right, mate. Crease the we, two of us, we, like, yeah. We, we had a successful <laughs> athlete talk about his record. That's enough, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But me and you grew well, up, obviously, like, 
interested in football and then I suppose later found other things, whereas Damo seemed to quite early on find something. Do you think like, you know, do you think early specialisation or late specialisation are important, which one, or do you think it's like an individual thing? Either you can answer uh, that. Uh, thanks, mate. Um, <laughs> I think I think it's, um, I, I always say that probably the worst thing anyone said to me was that I was good at football at such a young age because like that was I just stuck with that then you know what I mean um, like I think obviously I started Jiu-Jitsu like for, for like when I was 25, 25 whatever it was um, so like everyone always says oh I wish I'd started when I was younger but maybe that was just the time that I that you know what I mean like we needed to start like uh, in terms of like elite level, like Damo, like obviously I've no real experience of being an elite athlete like, like Damo is, but like I mean, in my opinion, yeah, like I mean, the the earlier you start and the earlier you get those hours in, it's 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 gonna help. Like you know what I mean? It, like Damo saying, even about like traveling to competitions, just getting used to it. Like you know what I mean? He, he was saying about spinning kicks. Like he's been doing that since he was four. Like I mean, if I was to try and do that now, I'd probably rip me hip. Like you know what sort of way or like you know but his his body is just built for that, um and I think even even with me with the running like uh, like I wouldn't say I'm on on like a high level but I'm, I'm like on decent I can run like you know what I mean and I can run well, um, and that's no coincidence and and it's I don't think it's any coincidence that my best race is a half marathon which lasts for me in and around ninety minutes which is probably a football match ninety minutes. So yes, like I think early special, like early specialization and early just getting those. What did I say? Ten thousand hours in, like, like I mean, it helps. Of course it does. Um, doesn't mean that you can't learn new shit though. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like I knew going into jiu-jitsu I wasn't gonna be a world champion. Doesn't mean I can't do it. Um, mm. like I mean, you know yourself, Gerald. Like you, you started. When did you start? Your I'm not even gonna say that word because you know I can't say. Uh, Troy, so, Troy. Uh, cal- calisthenics. Did I get it right? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking get in there. I'm leaving, actually. <laughs> uh, but, like, you started when we were quite young and you kind of just, like, you just dedicated your 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 life to it. Like, you know, like, I just, all of a sudden you were, like, all of a sudden you were just hanging out of fucking stop signs. Yeah, like, like, you know I, what I mean? I'd be, late, I'd be late because I was, I was 22, 23 when I started. But it was just, like, once I got into it and probably because... I had a background of something else. I just kind of realised the difference between liking something and loving something, like. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Damo, you probably, f- I don't know, like you might have found that earlier. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, if you were going to take one out from four, you'd have a different experience of that idea. Yeah, and like, again, I think it, it, a lot of it comes down to parents, to be honest, because I, I, I wasn't there, I wasn't mad on it and I didn't love it all the time. You know, it was, it's weird. It is, it is weird. Um, you know, like, uh, it, it's definitely you definitely need a bit of bit of a push from um from your parents you know if you're gonna be a kid and you want to uh you want to kind of start start something you you know young um you definitely need a push from your parents you know and you need them to be quite stern sometimes you know you, you need them to not let you let you you know um be lazy. not go when you don't want to go you know because like, it's very easy to go there's like I was shocking at football shocking <laughs> but I used to love it but I loved it you know like. If you had a, a lot of the time now, to be honest, if you had, give me the option, like on a summer's day, do you want to stay outside and 
and play football with, with the lads or do you want to go to taekwondo training well, there's no way I was going to taekwondo training you know, we wanted to stay outside and, uh, and play football with the lads even though I was fucking hopeless um, <laughs> I still I, that that's what I wanted to do because it was cool and well, me mom and dad would always just drag me to training you know you're going to training that was it um, so it just, it just became a habit and um, so as much as um, you know I, I've been at it since I'm four I didn't always love it you know I didn't love it at all and, and then again the point of view of actually fighting even, never mind the training the training would, was enjoyable when I was there um, even though I might not want to have went but uh, the, the thoughts of fighting like you know because again like where, where I grew up, like, I'm not going to say you grew up rough, you know, like, my parents always fucking took care of us, so they never had to want for anything. They were never well off by any means. Uh, probably often borrowed money most of the time, you know, fucking loans here and there just to keep me happy. Um, But it was never, never rough, a rough area, but uh, the thoughts of a fight, like, uh, no matter even though I've done martial and even still to this day, even though I'm doing martial arts since four years of age, I'm, I've been brought up well and, and, a, and a fight is totally different you know an actual fight like getting in there and getting punched in the face like it was always a shock even when I was four you know like from four up it was a massive shock any kind of confrontation or an actual fight physical fight um, so I hated that absolutely hated that as a kid it was just like the last thing I wanted to do was a fight but yet I'd love watching TV you know watching Power Rangers uh, you know all these kind of TV programs that had martial arts in them so like uh, that, that's what, what I love. Power Ranger, like wow, yeah, yeah, Power Ranger, the White <laughs> Ranger. You have to be the White Ranger. Tell Tommy. <laughs> so it was uh, the Power Ranger. That's, that's it was things like that um, that got me uh, to love it. But I hated the physical fighting aspect. It was not a thing. But again, it was the the combination of being pushed by my parents. Now you know it was just hard hard love, and 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 it just taught me. I think it just teaches you good good etiquette and good you know just good uh kind of habits for life like it's you don't you, you sometimes you just have to turn up and do it even though you don't want to do it you can't just turn up when you want to turn up you know so i'm very grateful to my parents for that that they just brought me and forced me into realizing that trying was a part of everyday life and, and it helps obviously you know all that early kind of um early training and things like that the amount that we think about the hours like we say 10,000 hours to master something and, and obviously the earlier you start the, the more of advantage you have over the, comp- the competition but uh, you, you you can't you, you can't let the kid uh, decide if he loves it or not at that age I believe you, you know they can't they can't be crying every day for three years because then that's obviously down they, they don't like it that much you know that has to be a want there to do it but I think they still need the backing of a parent at that age and um, to push them but uh, it wasn't till the last, like, you know, till I would have been 16, probably 15, 16, where I really started wanting to do it myself um, and actually loving it, you know, and actually really enjoying it. You definitely needed that push from early on from the parents, I think, you know, for to, to, to get that balance. And then it's individuals are very different as well. You know, you get someone that's a kid and they're a kid, you know, they're, they're a child prodigy and you think, God, oh, they're going to be great. But sometimes they're mentally worn out by the time they become... 15 and then they, they're, they're sick they rebel against the sport they're gone but then you get other people that might only start when they're 15 or 16 and just you know have the good genetics you know be be physically fit and strong and they might just excel and you know like you, you see that all the time you know and they're 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 meant to be fearless in a sense because they've never they haven't been around sport for so long but so they're, they're, they're just jumping straight in the deep end and just getting stuck in and, and, and you see rapid progression to be honest from some people that, that start sports late 
Um, but they, they usually need to have some sort of a genetic freakish uh, attributes. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Like, do you think like <clears throat> certain characteristics like suit certain sports? Like, Dynamo, I would imagine for kickboxing, obviously, I don't know, but potentially like longer limbs gives you an advantage or, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was always, even if I'm, and I think that's why I hated from kids. I was always fat. I was always like stubby <laughs> and I was always... <laughs> Yeah, getting in, in against kids that are like fucking looking down on you, you know, you're like, how the hell is he, you know, minus 69 kilos, like, you know, and then, um, you know, so it, it, I think from uh, from having long limbs and being thin uh, is a massive attribute and reach in kickboxing, you know, and uh, that was something that I didn't have on my side when I was younger. I think that was, uh, that was hard, you know, I think that's another reason why I didn't, uh, I used to love eating me chocolate cake and things like that. So I don't think I think that's <laughs> I think that was the reason why I didn't like fighting when I was younger because I was a little fat shit. But uh, but yeah, definitely being longer um is a is a is a massive attribute. But but uh, ultimately, like I said, it, it's a learn. It's not a natural thing for a human being to want to be hit. You know, it's just not natural whatsoever. Like to to want to be hit and to be able to deal with that well. So it's man. In I remember no that. Sorry, I remember when I was in China, like, and they used to put you in, like, they, their Chinese kickboxing sand, like, we do that, and yeah, yeah. remember, like, this Israeli, Israeli fellow that would be fighting, and, uh, like, I, I was good at the technique, but I'm not an aggressive person, like, so I'd catch yeah. him with a kick in the leg, and I'd be apologising, like, yeah. whereas, and he, he'd literally killed people, like, he'd been in an army and stabbed people, like, and I'd kick him, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, 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 and he's like, that's all right, he didn't want to kill me, like, and I just yeah. like you know, it just wasn't in my nature, I suppose, at all. Like yeah, yeah, that's and I think this I'm the exact same, and I'm still like that to this day. Like uh, obviously, there's a killer instinct there when you're in competition and you see a weakness, and you see someone hurting the, the the killer instinct there to finish them. But getting in there, I'm not an aggressive person at all. Like and, and I think it just comes from your upbringing, but it's not a natural thing to want to be hit. So in kickboxing, you could have all the tall limbs, and you could have you could have all the attributes. But ultimately, if you don't like being hit, which nobody does at first, it kind of you, you definitely have to have that uh, that push and that men- mentality that you just want to be good at something. You have to have that stubbornness that you just want to keep trying and trying and trying and trying and until I'm good at this, you know, because you can have all the attributes you want, but if you get a smack and then you you you're not, you don't want to have any of that. You know, your attributes are useless. So I think you have to have that stubbornness that you want to just be better at something. And if you get stuck in kickboxing, you just want to, you know, just knuckle down, practice every day in order to be better. That has to be there, you know, because it's um, it's definitely a, a sport that um, you can't just be in it for the fun, you know, because then, you know, it comes to, it comes to getting a smack and it's that, it, everyone knows that's no crack, you know. So you, want, you have to want to be the best, you know. You have to want to just be the best person that you can be at that sport and that just involves a bit of hard work so as much as the attributes you have you have to have the mentality for it because it's not always fun you know yeah, uh, Gerald sorry I know your podcast but I'm going to ask a question to the two of you and just completely taking <laughs> over the question uh, no, <laughs> the thing that that Damo mentioned there was a bit like that I just it was the mentality side of it like, and I mean something that I struggled with for, for years was um, nearly getting in my own way like you know like in my head, like I knew my body was prepared, I was fit, I knew how to do whatever I was doing, whether it was like jiu-jitsu or playing football or whatever. But I would get me on, like get me on way nearly. 
my head would get in, in the way of my performance and only up until maybe maybe two years and less like um, where I just started to go you know what like and I, I noticed the last year um, in a race that I'd done where I was like wasn't really thinking too much about it and Matthew was bringing me in in the car um, into the race and had no watch on it and I was just like to her whoever's winning this race I'm just going to fucking leg it after him and that was all I was, that's all I was going to do like um, so like for you lads was it like was it especially like it's really important that mental side of it to, to kind of need to get out of your own way and just be comfortable in that situation of being uncomfortable you know what I mean dealing with that stress that high arousal before before a game or before the competition or whatever like, is it something that you lads worked on that was my next question anyway it was like do you regard physical or mental is more important so I think, I think, yeah, a bit of both, but I, I yeah, I'm the same as yourself. Even I definitely, I lost fights before the fights start. Um, and again, like, I, I don't mind saying that. Like, it's not like, I'm not like, it's not something I'm going to hold close to my chest because, again, like, it's not like I've learned from those experiences, you know, and I'm hoping every time I go again, I'm like, I'm hoping that's not going to happen then again. I'm hoping um, I've learned from that experience, you know, but I've definitely, the, the mentality point of view on the sports psychology point of view with uh yeah it's 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 i've definitely had weaknesses in those areas and i've definitely uh i've definitely lost fights because of because of me um my mind my mind frame not being right and not being not being 100 there at that, at that time and in the moment and psyching myself out um but again you learn you learn from those experiences and they they, they build character you know they, i find they definitely have built built me to be in a stronger person and just a just an overall human being, just to be, to be mentally a lot stronger, you know, through through hard times and, and just in in life in general. But uh, like, I'm, I'm, yeah, there's been a few experiences where I've been away. You know, you're sitting there just scrolling through your phone, or you know, a, a pointless shit on social media. You see things his friends are saying. You see things that you know about to fight tomorrow, and you're just psyching yourself out. Um, and that's that's just you know, it's it's really it's really bad that you allow things like that to happen, you know, and I've learned from experiences like that, but, but uh, like I said, you, you know, I've had three, three losses on, on the road and they've all been five round title fights and they've all been in people's back gardens and you're just kind of like fucking, yeah, you're nervous already. It's only me and the coach over there. It's very lonely. Um, like some experiences we've had have been, have been quite tough, but again, they're really character building, you know, like I've been, I was in Switzerland at that time, just me and the coach, snowing, like a Rocky film, fucking snowing outside, no one speaking English, nobody. Like, I've always been, I've never been to a country where, like, nobody spoke English. Like, usually they they, they, they can all speak a bit of English, but uh, nobody spoke English there. They're all speaking German. And, uh, yeah, like, just walking around the snow for that, that the morning of the fight, trying to find somewhere that done breakfast, you know, just looking around, trying to find something. Uh, just, just, it was real lonely, just me and the coach. And uh, then we, we go to the, we collected to go to the venue, we had collected at two o'clock and we dropped off the venue. The venue again is in the middle of nowhere in the snow. Uh, they're selling hot dogs in the shop. That's, you know, and coffee and that's it. But we didn't fight then until uh, quarter one that night. So we were the main event. We quarter, they were there from two o'clock to quarter one that night. Now, now we speak in English. It's just every now and again, run out of the dressing room, go down to see what fight they're on. But the English is very limited. Um, but again, that was extremely lonely, you know, and then, Again, the guy had lost before he got in the second ring, you know, it was just completely psyched out. Um, it was a really intimidating experience, you know, but uh, 
But again, it was the, the, the kind of competitor and he wanted to jump on the opportunity to go over there and challenge for the world title. And, you know, against the guy, like I think he had something like 60 pro fights at the time, something like 53 wins, something like 40 knockouts. You know, it was a savage record at the time. And uh, I was, I think it was my third pro fight or something like that. You know, it was, it was very, very inexperienced at the time in K1, but I just jumped on it at the opportunity. Um, but again, I psyched myself out. It was my first five-round fight. And I was like, don't, do not gas out. That was the main thing. That was my main attitude. Be like you doing your first race. Don't gas out. That is your biggest fear is gassing out. That is the biggest fear you ever, I've ever had in my head is gassing out in the fight and being out on my feet and being finished then. So it, it, I, I started like a snail, just just hoping to not gas out. I'm sure the fight was yeah. over. Man, your man won rounds one, two, three. You know, winded me in round three. I was playing catch up and I was gone. I was out of the fight completely. And you know? also, again, that was a mental, massive mental learning, um, learning experience. But I'm not as strong as I should be mentally. Um, and again, it's it's the type of person I am. It's it, like like I've, I've found that over the years. Um, whether it be even being aggressive, some people are really aggressive in the ring, and that's their man. That's their that's their personality and their experience, and that's how that, how they they are. I'm not that kind of person. Some people are really mentally confident but they just don't have the skills to back it up you know so some people people it, it, mental mental um, strength is just like physical strength in a sense some people have the attributes but it always doesn't uh, it always doesn't you know make it a, a good fighter a good good athlete um, but I'm definitely uh, men- mentally I've I've lost fights you know 100% I can, I can hold my hands up and say I've lost that before I even stepped in the ring and but again, you just hope it doesn't happen again, you know. And and it does it, it does build character, and you get more experience. And that last fight in, in Dubai, that wasn't the case whatsoever. I felt very comfortable over there, you know. Um, uh, it was a, more more of a, an illegal kick in the face on the ground at the second round that that done me in. But uh, we, just <laughs> get that, just get that, get that, get that one in there. But uh, <laughs> that was more that was more the fact that psyched me out. Then I felt grand physically. I was performing really well up until that point. So I think. Like again, you mentally learn, you know. So unless you put yourself in those positions that you're going to be mentally tested and you're going to be shitting yourself, you're not going to, you're not going to learn, you know. You're not going to uh, to get better at it. But mentally, uh, it's just as much as physically. To be honest, when you're at when you're at a high level, like it, it's really is as important. It's it's it is the difference between winning and losing. Yeah, exactly. I would like I'd I'd hundred percent disregard any any comp of the one, whether I've won or whatever, whether I've lost, it's mentally like literally if, if I've won, it's because mentally I've handled it. If I've lost, it's because I fucked up in my head. Um yeah. like sometimes we'd have comps and like you're probably the same, man. Like when you're fighting someone, you're not you know, I don't think you're comparing yourself to your man. If he catches you with something, you're more annoyed at yourself or something. For mm-hmm. us, if I don't go for a big move in a competition, like and even actually just interesting, one of the lads last week said it to me, he's like, he won a competition, but he didn't go for, you know, your hardest move, or in your case, might be a kick. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, he was he came out of the competition disappointed because it still wasn't his best performance. Um, yeah. Yeah. So from, yeah, for us, I think like, just me personally, but yeah, any competition, whether I've won or whether I've lost, it's been like a mental response to that. Yeah, like like you were saying there, you about like not uh, uh, sorry, girl, about not going for like got not going for a move. Like it could it could be like, again, I'm not hundred percent sure how the the calisthenic war, like world of competition will work. But it'd be like say if you're going before someone and you know the guy that might be going after you was supposed to be supposed to be supposedly better on paper, you you might 
but but you know you need to pull that move off if you have any chance of beating them. But at the same time, you you, you might want to play it safe in case you slip off the bar. And so you go, mm. I'll probably I'm just probably gonna play it safe here and just see. But you know, you mightn't get into the next round if you do play it safe because he's gonna yeah. come out and just he's gonna go out and attempt it. And the same in a race, even Ethan. You know, again, it could be bro, your man. Your man ahead of me is gonna be. He's gonna set off at, at this this pace, but but just I don't want to gas. It's fear of gassing again, so I'm just gonna pace it a little bit more because I'm just fearful of gassing. But your man's just being brave enough to attempt that pace, and he's just gonna lead the way, and he and he might have that mental strength. And if you know you're you're never gonna work to your actual potential because you just don't have the mental strength to push yourself for long enough. Like, yeah, hundred percent. It was it was actually the one that I spoke with there. I was like, I'm just gonna leg it after the fellow who's winning, and. Um, I ended up finishing toward in it and I spoke to your man that won it after. I was about 30 seconds behind him and it was that thing of I probably should have caught him. You know the way afterwards you're like, I should have, I should have. Like, I definitely had more. Like, um, And I spoke to him after and he was like, uh, I, said, oh, I, I couldn't get you, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it was like, he was forced, man, to finish second. It was a bit wobbly, but he, he was behind them, but he just had a good start. And then obviously it was myself and said to him after and he goes look he didn't push me I was goose and I was like oh like because I knew I knew I had more in me um, but I think after we always do that don't we look we're always like really self-critical instead of being like oh well done I've done well there yeah you kind of got I should have done that should have done that like even I think I said to you before I get all about um, I've done a, a, one of the ultras I've done um, like mentally before it was absolutely just done like um, and I knew in my head that I shouldn't have been there doing it. Um, but I just said to myself, "I'm here now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and get it done." Um, but like it's kind of getting that balance of like I probably shouldn't have done it, um, and it fucked me for a while after it. Like you know, my body was goose. Um, but just you can your mind can push yourself through an awful lot of shit. Like, um, you know, like whether it's sport or, or anything else like um but yeah we're, we're very self-critical so i think like it, it is important to be like you know sometimes to just take stock of the good things we've done in, in in even if you lost a fight or like didn't perform well or whatever it is it's, it's important to take the positives away as well isn't it like there's a thing yeah, and, um, there's a thing in psychology where you know like competition is viewed as a trait but you'll either you'll either like get excited at the thought of winning or you're more focused on the fear of failing. And um, like everyone I've kind of spoke to would, once they hear that, you know, they're like, yeah, I'm definitely the first one or I'm the second one. Um, and yeah, like for ones that I know that like get more excited about the thought of winning, you know, they're, you're trying to tap into them. Like, well, how do you, how do you perceive it that way? Or... Yeah. Yeah. It definitely comes. I definitely find it peaks and troughs, and even it might even it might even peaks and peak and trough through the training camp and through the fight week. You know, you, you definitely have negative thoughts that creep in. You try and banish them, but it, you know they always kind of they're always there. They're always that devil in a child that just trying to get into your head. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they, it's weird. We've done a bit of sports psychology in, in college as well, and same kind of thing. It's like, um, yeah, what is it? Uh, yeah, anxiety. Um and the difference between anxiety and nerves, yeah, nerves are when you when you perceive when you perceive it as a trick, it's more nerves. You know, anxious is anxiety is is good. You know, you get anxious for for an event if you're just excited about it. But um, 
yeah, um, nerves. You're never seeing as a train again. Like, uh, or what? What? What is what? What? What's what creates your nerves? Is it fear of failing, or is it fear of being hurt, or is it, you know? And for me, it's always fear of failing. Um, always fear of failing. Never ever is it like fear of being hurt. Like never once we went to a ring down like. Oh geez, just that might hurt me. Like, or he's gonna hit me with this, and it might actually hurt. It's not even a thought. It's always fear of failure. Like, oh, what if it was like, fucking hell? Like, uh, you know, so and so is in the crowd, or you know, they're gonna think. And even from even from a visualization point of view, when I'm running the fight over in my head, it's always from an outside point of view. I'm always looking from a, like a spectator looking at the ring. I'm never. It's never like like I'm never looking through my own eyes and my visualization. So it's always. We have like external thoughts of what people think, you know, which is always uh, funny. Like, it's, it's it's great just seeing. Again, it's always interesting. It intrigues me, you know. I never worked with with a psychologist, sports psychologist enough to try and improve on them things, but uh, just the journey of life and just the the, the skill of life has just got me better at it. But uh, it's always is it's a really interesting subject. Do you yeah, feel my, the, my, sorry, John? Sorry, my, like with uh, with you, Damon, like you probably feel the weight of, you know the Irish kickboxing community when you were competing like I'm the same when I go abroad I kind of know anyone who's into calisthenics over here I'm almost representing so that kind yeah. of fear of failure as opposed to just I don't really care if I lose you know what I mean look the lads that we work with at the minute for competitions at that kind of 16, 17, 18 it's just about getting them not to be worried about failing but more just go for your big stuff and if you fail it doesn't matter and then eventually like later on yeah like we'll focus on the winning but at the minute it's just getting over that psychological thing like yeah yeah definitely it, it, just yeah there's two ways you can kind of look at it um you can kind of look at it like ah we're from Ireland like we're not supposed to fucking win anyway you know there's that kind of men, men, mentality that some people might have but yeah I, I definitely see it the other way in a sense and I feel like yeah like if, if I don't improve you know, the Irish K won't see in and if I don't try and bridge gaps for for the next people coming through or whatever it might be, I try and get more eyes on the sport. I've like done the sport and injustice needed, you know, and yeah. I like I don't want I, I want I want to try and, you know, um improve it. You know, I don't want to just uh use that as a ah, it's because we're from Ireland, you know, and, and and like going back to the same with the full contact when I was fighting full contact keep watching, that's the reason why I left it, like because it was like I'm not gonna fucking do this. I'm not gonna you know, do this dance year after year and then complain that oh, I couldn't do it because, you know, I'm not going to be that man on the fucking bar still telling you, like, oh, I couldn't do it because I was Irish. Like, I know that's the fucking facts and the funding wasn't there and the, the training wasn't there for me to, to get to that next level in that sport. So I just said, fuck, I'm going to I'm gonna leave that sport behind and I'm going to try and go and do K1. There was a lot more training partners available in that sport. I felt I could do better in that sport and, and I'm going to give it my best, my best shot. You know, I think you you have to make that decision and you, you, you have to be willing to you have to be willing to carry the the kind of the hopes and the expectations of the of the sport and want to be better on your shoulders nearly to try and push on and you can't kind of have that as a as a, a kind of crash mat, you know, every time you fail like that's because we're Irish like you don't have a bad, you know a big back you know you have you have to want to want to want to improve the sport and, and carry the, the the whole you know, nation and, and, and the, the hopes of the, the sport in Ireland on you. Like, you have to want the better them. Yeah, because a lot of times we've gone away and, like, you know, me and another lad, like Aaron, the other kind of fell involved with me. Like, 
like we we would do well, but when we come back, we're nearly like that Irish thing of like, ah, it's only because that other fella failed, or it's like, ah, you'd you'd say someone else didn't do well instead of being like, no, like like we got to a World Cup, you deserve to be there. Do you know what I mean? And whereas yeah. I know a very Irish thing is if you've done well, you're nearly like putting yourself down almost like. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. Ready yeah. Hard to take a compliment. Yeah, yeah, hard to take a compliment. People don't want to take compliments. You just want to fob it off, like you know. Um, and yeah, or yeah, like the Irish, the Irish thing of the the arm, the arm coach. Uh, you know, Champions League and the the, the people with all the, the critics. Um, yeah, it's, it's very easy to criticize people and tell them why they shouldn't shouldn't have done this or done that. But uh, yeah, it's, it is a real Irish thing. You know, build up the build up the. The underdog until he is the champion and then try and tear him down. Yeah, yeah. yeah I found it, it like even with my own experience, it got like the, with the running and whatever I'm doing long, if I'm doing a long distance one or whatever I'm doing, and then like you'll meet somebody like even a couple of weeks later, and, and the first thing that they do is like, like, oh, what about what about your body? What about your knees? What about your hips? And it's like, well. My knees and my hips are going to be in bits if I sit and do fucking nothing. Just as much as if I'm going to be running whatever amount of kilometers, like, you know. Uh, but just going back on that little point that you were saying, Damo, about, like, the more, the hatred for losing or the, like, what drives you, the hatred for losing or, or the, like, want to win, like, um, like, it's more like, like I, even going back to that race I had, it was like, I had my excuses ready in my head before it, if I was to drop out, like, of the race, like, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I, and, and about and I think I was coming back up um, I think it was about half, no it was more than halfway there like like it was about say about 50k in like and I twisted my ankle on a rock like and then it was like my brain went there's your excuse there you go you can back out now your ankle swung and then my brain started to go oh yes like I have an excuse here to like not do it and then like then what I was saying I was like oh yeah but my family's waiting for me at the finish line like like it was raining, like um, all this start stuff crap with me. Gone. They're gonna be freezing waiting on you, mate. Like your brain starts going through this stuff where it's like, yeah. what are you the fuck? Like, um, so yeah, in both senses, we do have our excuses ready. Um, and then we have the other people then going like that negative kind of side of it where it's like, and you notice it in people, like, you know, it's like, oh, your knees are gonna be in bits when you're older, mate. It's like, yeah, but like, like that's a future me problem, yeah. <laughs> You know, that's all yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that excuse yeah. thing's good, man. We were in, we were in Belgium and uh, got through the first round and like qualified, whatever. And then it started absolutely bucketing rain, and it was an outdoor event. Mm. And like you say, like literally, I'd say like, and I was one of them, like Aaron Queen as well. But like the guy turned around and was like, "Guys, we might not be able to complete this event. You know, your your safety is more important than a spectacle, and I don't want anyone getting injured." But as you say, man, for a brief second in the head, I was like. Oh, well, like, look, I didn't make any mistakes in my first round and I've gotten through the first round now. So if he cancels the event, it's not my fault. Like, and uh, yeah, for that second, it was like, I have, I have my excuse. And then obviously it did go ahead. And uh, yeah, you're always a bit kicking it. But like, like, why did we walking around the hotel room, man? And damn, you're probably saying, why'd we walk in the hotel? I'm like, what the fuck am I doing this for? Like, what am I putting myself through this for? <laughs> like, it's in your head. And then, yeah. but when you've done it, like, it's that adrenaline rush, man. Nothing can, nothing can match that. Like, training, just training with people who can't match that. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely the win. The winning's the addictive thing, you know? I remember years ago, I remember it was, it was uh, like a promo thing for a fight. And I was saying, like, I, I, I said in it that I didn't like fighting. 
you know, and it, like it's it's a weird thing. It becomes it comes across very strange, but it was true at the time. Obviously, I've, I've again I've matured again. It's probably seven years or whatever more. So I've matured again. So I do like I do like testing myself and I do like the event. Um, but like from a from a sporting point of view, like like I said, we're not from areas where we're dragged up and we're we're, we're fighting on the streets every day. Confrontation is is completely. It's not something I, I, I ever want, you know. It's 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 uh, not something I'm comfortable with. It's confrontation with people, um. So like, I don't like fighting. Like, I just like winning. Like, and that, and that was like, it's it's the winning aspect that just keeps me, that kept me competing and kept me in the sport. You know, it's like, if I was getting smashed every day, every tournament, there's no way I would have kept going. You know, there's no way I would have continued. Like, but again, it was. It's just that balance between the mental drive of of wanting to keep it getting better in yourself, and then actually seeing some results in competition, and then being like, "Alright, I'm winning some, I'm losing some, I'm just gonna keep pushing through." But it becomes addictive. The the, the feeling of that win, it's just it is addictive, and that's why you see so many sports that just cannot retire at the right time because nothing can replace it. Like there's nothing okay. else that can replace it. Like there's a there's a there's a kickboxer. Um, he's actually a toy boxer, mainly, but John Wayne Parr. He has. You remember uh, the thing where. He had the video there a while back, and it's 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 epic. Like it's it's a uh, it's a thing he's saying. Like uh, it's a real emotional video. Like he's John McGrath. He's like 40, 40 odd now. You know, he he be coming on in life, and he's still fighting. He's had he's had hundred wins and X amount of losses. You know, he's a uh, he's a he's a monster. But he uh, he has a thing he's saying. Like I don't, I don't want to retire. Like, like I just don't want to retire. Um, he says like what wake up and like think of you know what the most exciting thing I'll probably be what I'm going to have for breakfast that day he was like it's just like you know it's just he goes I want to go to bed fearful fearful of of the killer that I'm going to fight like you know like he's in my mind like every day when I anytime I have a, a minute in the middle of the day I'm thinking about how that fight's going to play out and I'm just breaking down the scenario and he says it's fear it's it is fearful and it's 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 nerve-wracking but he says like there's no trail like it like there's nothing that can, can replace it like when that's gone it's it's there's just nothing that comes close to it and, it, and it's very true and like even when you have a fight coming up you're fearful of the of the opponent you're thinking of the ball it's my playing a scenario in your head down to bed you know um you're just thinking of thinking of the fight constantly so the person's in your head for x amount of time and it's just it's uh you constantly find yourself wanting to wish that time away you, oh i can't wait till this fight's over just because i can have some shit field or something you know like it's usually it's always that mentality I can't wait till this is fucking over because I can't wait to have a you know have a pizza or whatever it might be but uh, when it's over you want it back you know you, you and, and that's something with maturity I've, I've started living in the moment a bit more and enjoying the process and trying to live trying to really enjoy it at the time because again it's not going to be there forever it'll be gone but that fucking thrill of winning like there's just nothing that comes close to it like for you then like both you you know, different areas, but like Farito with which I'm Aritans man and them obviously before you compete. Like if if you're successful or you consider yourself having a good performance, like what mindset do you think you both need to get into? Because they're both different kind of fields, you know that way. Um for me, it's always been driven by um well, especially recently, but well not recently, but like especially in the running, like you get into like a kind of thing of like um the the neg the negativity kind of fueled me a little bit in the races. It's like oh people don't but people don't think you can do this. Like you know what I mean? And then in my head, I don't think I can do it as well. So I'm like constantly trying to better myself, like you know, in a sort of way. Um but like I mean 
now or just go out and enjoy it. Just, you know what I mean? If it's a long race, if it's a short race, if it's whatever it is, if I'm playing football or if I'm doing a bit of jiu-jitsu or whatever, just go and enjoy it. Like, like I actually, funny, I met an older man. He must have been like late 50s, early 60s um, along the trail in, in the 80 kilometers. Um, and he had his two poles and he was, we were climbing one up and I was trying to like kind of, like Damo was saying, I was like, oh, I fucking can't wait for this thing to be over. Like, you know what I'm away. And I said it to him, I was like, like we're nearly there, I think I said, or you know what I mean, only a few hours left, like or whatever. And he was like, he just says to me, We're gonna be out here all day, you might as well enjoy it. I was like, perfect. Like just go and enjoy it. Like, you know what I'm away because Damon said, like, eventually we're not gonna be able to do it anymore, like, you know, that sort of way. So that's the kind of thing I get into my head is like just enjoy it and I mean if like if you're driven by kind of whatever you're driven by but like just go and enjoy it like you know yeah Dan was obviously different. he's a pro athlete but like, you know, sort of like, yeah. I, I'm not a pro athlete I fully, fully, fully pro, pro professional real set I'm not fully, fully far not a pro athlete um, but it's uh, for myself I find this is pre- preparation like preparation definitely comes makes helps me with, with my thoughts you know if, if, if I know I'm prepared well obviously that calms me down a lot you know um, if, if I'm not prepared well and it, and it might be a short term a short uh, you know a short notice fight like straight away there's a bit of doubt there you know you, you, you've again that, that fight in Switzerland that I referred to earlier like that was a short short notice fight and I'd never, I'd never fought five rounds at the time so like straight away there, and that's why I set out, came out of the blocks like a fucking snail because I was fearful of gas. And, um, and uh, like so prep is is a big thing. If, if I'm prepared, I'm gonna feel confident, a lot more confident. But it's still that 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 bubble of support as well. It makes a massive difference to how I feel. You know, no matter how well prepared I am, if I'm away on my own, it's just me and the coach and just me and Glenn. Like it's 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 very fucking lonely and and uh, you know you can't help but feel that everyone's against it, you know, like, and, 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 uh, they are, and it's not going to be in a corrupt way or anything. It's not always going to be a corrupt way and they're out to screw you over, but they are all against you. They, they're hoping you lose, you know, in the politest way possible, they're hoping you fucking lose. So you, you feel, you feel that pressure and you feel that it's very lonely. So that's a massive thing is the support as well. Cause like sometimes when I, like again, that, that was, that was true to build characters. When I fight here, like, and I have, you know, I have a big crowd there support to support me. I feel fucking invincible. Like, I feel like there's no way this lad's gonna fucking have a chance. Like you know, I feel I feel anxious and I feel really pumped up for it. Whereas when I'm away, sometimes if they are nerves, it is anxiety and nerves. You know, like it's a little bit more nerves creep in when you're on your own in comparison to when you're here. So I think preparation and and the the the, the support bubble that I have with me at the time are, are two big things that that determine how how we feel. You know. Um, Nervous, you know, nervous was before and then, like, definitely. Do you use that time or to your advantage? Like, as in, like, kind of, like, I was saying, like, even I'd be out, like, in the long races, I'd be in my head, like, I'd be creating things in my head. Just somebody just pop into my head and I'd be like, he doesn't want you to finish. They don't think you can do this. <laughs> like, and I just yeah. use it and I know I'm making it up in my head, but it works and it drives me on. And, yeah, and yeah, that, yeah. that kind of thing always helped me is like, oh, they, they, they put you in this box. So, they are in, in your instance like it's like you know there always will be haters and I don't give a fuck about them but it helps me in my head going like this, this, this like they don't want me to do it I don't they might not even give a fuck about me but I'm thinking in my head that that and does that do you use that to your advantage when you're going to places like that like yeah 
yeah, definitely. It can be an advantage sometimes, and then sometimes it's a disadvantage. Like again, like um, went away. It was in Bosnia. We're in, in the, the wars of Bosnia, in and they uh, it was weighing in, and you're just it's just a registration. You're just weighing in. You're just telling them what division you're in, and blah blah. They're just logging in, and uh, it was you know Damien Dark K one from Ireland, and, and your man K one from Ireland. You know, I was shocked. Like you know K one, like we usually do the math sports. You know. So it was shocked, and uh, I think it was first first K one team like from Ireland under Wacko, and um, so it was a shock. But but that got to me like then like then then that was in my head like it was like for fuck's sake like like he kind of joke make a joke about it, like you know. But then yeah, next day I went out and knocked your man out with, with a spinner kick and, and got the job done. And then the next day you have to weigh in every day, so the next day I'm weighing in. Ireland, you impressed me yesterday. <laughs> you know, so it's just like so you got yeah, so you got his attention. So yeah, recognize them as a legit, like you can you can hang you can hang with them, you know, but they will rip the piss out of you until you know, until that and you kinda of have to uh, yeah, you have to show up at the same time, you know, and uh like you said earlier, bridge the gap with you know, so that they actually start taking it serious, you know, because they, they will just kind of um, put you down all the time as a nation and as a until you start to actually, you know, showing that you can hang with them like that happened to me, man. It's actually like in our World Cup, like, and it was, you know, like you say, I was first one from Ireland, and obviously they look Ireland. They're not expecting anyone from Ireland at these kind of events, and um, the big, big enough name in our sport. And I'd kind of gone, and to be honest with you, like getting there was the big deal for us at the time, and I was just like, I'm just happy to be here. And I said aloud to one of the the other competitors, like French fella, and it was just the way he ignored me. I just was like. Fuck this prick anyway. I'm gonna fucking smash him. <laughs> and then, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I didn't yeah. smash him, but like just like changing your kind of suddenly when I turned it into kind of competitiveness, like as opposed to just trying yeah. to get on with everyone. I was like, no, I'm not here to make friends, like, I'm here to compete. Like, and um, yeah. like everyone kind of seems to that's what I was gonna kind of get at. Like, some people need to have, as you said, either you make up a scenario in your head, some people need to have like an imaginary competitor in their head or. Some guys need to be really calm. Some of them might need to be angry, especially getting into the ring, man. It's obviously such a unique scenario, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's the thing. There's, def- there's a lot of people that are very, like, some people will be aggressive, you know, getting into the ring, smacking their face, coaches hitting them, all this kind of stuff. And it, I can't relate to that whatsoever. Like, I just don't think of it like that whatsoever. To me, it's still a sport. It's just a, like a chess match until until the finish presents itself. And then there is that killer instinct that comes out in you. But, but I don't go out there like aggressively thinking like right one shot like I'm just looking to fucking knock him out with this with this first shot like for me it's a breakdown process like try and try and find the gaps and look for it then but there are people that are, are like that they're very aggressive and they, they're you know they'll be shouting and screaming and stuff like that and it's very awful and it's even very it makes you very nervous when you like because you be in the back sometimes with, with an opponent and you'll hear them screaming things like that you know, it's fucking crazy it's bizarre like, but then it doesn't always necessarily mean you might go out and fucking stop him in the first round but he's been screaming and acting big backstage like, and, and, and it's just but again it's just it's it, it's that goes to that mental side of things some like that's what I was saying earlier it's, it's not having the mental side of it doesn't always mean that you're going to win you, you still have to have the skills um, but a lot of it is mental but again you, you do get those rare people that have the mental Thing they're one hundred percent mentally confident, but they're just shy. <laughs> so you get that balance. You do get that balance. At nine times out of ten, it's usually the other way around. You have them; they're, they're ready and they're prepared. But mentally, you crumble. 
And if you can get that, that's what makes that elite, like, you know, person, like elite athlete that's, you know, you see them, like the, the Khabibs, the Floyd Mayweather's, they, they, they're, they're elite, but they just have that mental steel in, you know, mentality. They're just made of steel mentally. They're just ready to rock like, um, no doubt really creeps in um, in comparison to other people that, that have records like myself, you know, like nine, nine wins, five losses. Again, that that's proof, like, I, I'm there. But I can guarantee you, if I was mentally made of stone, I would not have them five losses, you know. Um, like, I, you know, I would have, would have got the job done on a few of them occasions, like, without without that mental uh, doubt creeping in. So, it, it, that is the big difference. But you do get people that... Uh, to have the mental capabilities, but they show you, you know, they, they you definitely come across them people. They just think they think they're fucking up here, but they're just not. Like, so, yeah, you definitely you get for, them people. I don't know if they're all there, but they're definitely. The, 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 you think for us is um like if you're not not as athletes at the minute, but as like coaches, you know, it's important that you know who you're working with. Like you said, Emma, you're a calmer person, so your coach, yeah. you know, need to keep you calm. Someone might need to be aggressive. You have to change the way you approach them, try and make them aggressive before a comp or something like Yeah. Yeah, definitely it is. It is a hard thing trying to judge it. And it's 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 inevitable from a coaching point of view. Like you, you definitely pass more traits on that that you uh possess. You know, you definitely pass on more more attributes that you possess. So you try and make them think like you think because it's inevitable. That's how you're gonna that's how you're gonna coach. You're gonna coach. In that style, so it's but yeah, you're gonna get these kind of guys that that are just mentally fearless. You know, they're not they're not fearing competition at all. And then you're kind of thinking, really, that's a bit weird in comparison to how I would have been at that age. But but yeah, you you will you will assess that and and, and um and kind of work work with it. You know, there's no need to be trying to calm them down because there's you know you don't need to spend time calming them down because they don't even show you like they're ready to go. So yeah, you can hook them up a little bit differently and and and. Uh, so it is an individual thing in a sense, but then there are other people that, you know, don't need to be, don't need to be told, you know, um, what what to do in a sense mentally. They just need to be given instruction, you know. And I, I I'd be kind of someone like that now. My coach would tell me kind of positive thoughts all the time. He'd be saying positive things just to reinforce them in my head, but. It'd be just simple, simple cues and just trying to tell, tell, tell us what to do. But I find that calms me down because then it, you, you, it reminds me what you're, what you're going to do again because I'm not an aggressive person. Whereas someone that uh, someone that is aggressive, you know, the last thing they need to do is be calmed down. They just need instruction. You know, they don't need mental reinforcement in a sense. They just need instruction purely. And it, it, is, it does come from just, just assessing the, the person. Now, again, I haven't had enough coaching experience with, with people fighting. Um, I know from PTN, uh, again, it's even used in that scenario. Like I, I have clients that, uh, you know, they, they don't want to be shouted at, you know. Yeah. But yet, you get some clients that do want to be pushed, you know, really hard. You know, it's it's about trying to juggle, juggle that, um, juggle that and balance that well. And and I think from from a, a PT point of view, my retainability with clients is very high. If we get someone as a client, they're usually with me for a year few years like I have clients with me six years and um, like so the, the retainability is very good and that's obviously a good sign that I'm able to read people's what people are looking for as far as a, a connection with a coach you know so as I said I don't have enough coach coaching experience from a from a competitive point of view when people are fighting and kickboxing but from a PT point of view I think I'd like to believe I'm good at reading people whether they want whether they want an aggressive kind of coach um, at, at a time where they might be pushing it really hard or 
they want a bit of empathy and, and cues as if they like, right, listen, I know this is born and like crazy now because I've done this, you know, and now it's going to be tough like, to try and deal with it this way or that way. And it's a bit more, as I said earlier on, I like the underworkouts because I want to be able to give people that don't want aggressive coaching. I want to be able to give them that empathy. I want to give them cues like, right, listen, I know this is going to be, you're going to be thinking now, oh, I can't do this, blah, 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 blah. But you, you, that only comes through experience of knowing what they're actually going through. So I like to believe I have that balance that I can, you can coach them and give them a big push and show them if they wish or else give them a lot of empathy and, and try and, you know, relax them and coach them through it. But um, the, 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 the options are there, you know, but it's definitely mm-hmm. important to read the person. Yeah. Did I uh, get a fall there, Ethan, did you? Down fell hours. Did you jitsu? Would you notice that? Like, you know, different personalities need kind of different coaching styles, I suppose. Even going back to like like coaching football kids or, or whatever, and even at the PT stuff, you can see it like for on a personal level, I never react well to negativity or like, you know, um kind of like just using the football scenario, if you make a bad pass or something like that, if a coach would turn around and say that's shy, I'd never react well to that. Like, because I just never see a point in that. Like, that's never gonna make me better. And, and like Dan was saying with the the PT, PT stuff, I think people react better to 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 the empathy than than the oh that's that's shy, that's easy, you should be doing that better. Um, like some some people just react better to you know what I know this is hard, but I believe you can do it. You know, sort of way. Um, but like I mean it's everybody's different isn't it like so like for me as I said I never really react well to negativity or like it's always like positive will get me going like as in like if, if a manager turned to me when I was younger in the dressing room and said you were shite last week I need better for me this week my head would just go well that's me I'm fucking shite this week again because or I could flip it and be like and this is where you learn, isn't it? Like it's like I could flip it and be like, "Well, I'm going to show him the fucking prick," you know the kind of way. Um, yeah. So you need to learn things as well. Like, but like for any like for kind of a normal job, stop just training twice, three times a week. I think it's important to tap into what motivates them to 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 do to do the things that you prescribe for them. Um, top level athletes, like you really need to kind of like find like find what they're what what what. What a right, like a what brings their arousal levels to a point where they can perform to their max ability, like you know, and so that's why it's important to have a good coach, like you know, and somebody that you know and trust and knows you and knows how you work and, and like knows your personality and um not just a fucking screamer and roar, like you know, yeah, yeah, definitely a coach that is done done a bit in the sport is always is always massive, isn't it? Because like again, like from running or. Um, point of view like that, it could be, um, you know, if, if you know the guy is 100 kilos and like you're only you're only a 50 kilo guy, like, and, and but yet you're trying to, if, if you've never had the the empathy of running yourself and understanding how 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 much more challenging it is carrying a hundred, carrying an extra 50 kilos on top of you, but yet you're trying to still require, you're still trying to ask for for X, you know, X, Y, or Z as far as a pace from that person that's a, a lot heavier. And again, it comes from just not being realistic and not having really participated in the sport yourself. And and uh, the same even from, I suppose, even on a football pitch as well. Like not, uh, not, not if, if someone doesn't have pace, but yet, you, you know, they, they're they getting on maybe a bit in their years. You, you, you don't understand that they need to rely on their, 
their experience a bit more and their position and you're, you're just expressing that they're a lazy fuck because they're standing around all the time or whatever it might be and even I suppose the same in your sport here like if you're if you're um, I was actually watching the last podcast and you were, t- you were chatting about it a bit about the weight of the guys in your sport and I'm sure that's a massive thing but you trying to ask a, a, a move or a technique from a guy that that's that's 85 kilos in comparison to what is 50 kilos is obviously a big big difference like so having to understand that yourself and not be like well can john got it in two weeks this move in two weeks why, why haven't you got it in two weeks because you're not putting the work yeah. in but he weighs 30 kilos more than than fucking john so it's probably going to take him a little bit longer and it's probably not going to be actually feasible for him to hold it as long as as john would or so it's just having that empathy i think with the, co- the coach and your and your clients and your your students is is big, you know, and, and having that understanding. I think the yeah, exactly, big thing for yeah, me. Like... Sorry, Gerald. The big thing for me was that when I started training other people, was like that kind of imposter syndrome that I went through, where it's like, oh, should I be doing this? You know what I mean? Like, am I good enough to do this? Did like you like? I only recently got me stuck on that, and I said it to Austin and Damon and and Lindsay, and they were kind of like, um, it was kind of like a thing of like, well you've been doing it for years and it, and again it's experiences experiences over over most things like you know and like demo saying if you if you prescribe it um a workout for someone or, or whatever it is if you can turn around and say, yeah i've been there even if they're turning around and saying like i'm having a shit week this week i feel like i'm not getting any progress and we try and blah blah you turn physically turning around and being able to say yeah i've been there is more to me kind of cements home with people better than well no you should be at this point of your training and you shouldn't be feeling like that and you know what kind of way you know what I'm trying to say it's it's that understanding of and that that people can can like oh he's been there he knows what to do he's he knows that the experiences will will you know get me to a point where I want to be you know yeah and again that's why I openly would, would talk to clients or even like even on on things like this, like on the podcast, like openly say about things that would be like in the people would see as insecurities in a sense, like but it's but people always think like people think of you as a personal trainer or you as a fighter or whatever as fucking invincible and you don't have these thoughts. But like for even just younger, you know, for, for my clients, I always tell them like again, have an empathy through through a session of what what you, what it feels like or you know, I'm not feeling good today and you know, being able to empathize with them on things like that. Um whether it's their weight fluctuating up and down or whatever it might be, or mentally just like, feeling tired or whatever, being able to empathize with them there. And then the same with even fighters, they think like, oh, you see, you only see the people when they're all, when they're actually fighting and, and you can't really tell the emotions, but until you openly come out and say, like, I'd be shooting myself, you know, I'd be shooting myself. I know I've lost fights backstage because I wasn't mentally prepared. It, it kind of, it, again, it, it allows people, you know, people gain, I find that people will gain things more, more, gain more from that than me just, trying to you know be fucking macho man and not not say that i'm um, you know that, that i've ever I've ever suffered mentally as far as a uh, fear of fights and you know it's a uh, it's too easy to kind of uh, just just kind of you know not mention it so i, I prefer mentioning things like that and hopefully um as i improve we can help help other people improve and and, uh, and deal with it and get through things you know it's for me it's that thing of getting past that whole macho man thing it's like you're not you're not proving anything to anybody. Everybody knows that if you, you like stop thinking you're a fucking hard man all the time. Everyone knows that's looking at you that you're not 
you, we still go through the same things in our head. Everyone has self-doubt. Everyone is tired sometimes. Not every workout's going to be fucking, like, get David Goggins, like, you know, that sort of way. So, like, understanding your body and understanding how it works is is a much better way. And, and, and actually accepting those insecurities and actually accepting that some days you don't feel like it. Some days you do feel like shit. Some days you do feel like less of a fucking man or less of an athlete or less, you know, like less of yourself. You feel less like, you know what I mean? Confident or whatever. Um, and it's just trying to get away from that and trying to be like, you know what? Like, it's okay to be like that. You know what I mean? It's okay to throw those insecurities out and be like, yeah, I can do all these things. I can, in my, in my own kind of personal life, it's like, oh, I can run all these. I can do the fucking Ironmans. I can you know, train all the time, but I still have all these insecurities. I'm not fucking invincible, you know, that kind of way. So I think that's important. And again, people empathize with that and, and the amount of uh, kind of feedback I've got from that in my own like kind of social media is it shows that people are all the same at the, at the same time. Like, you know, that kind of way, like it's... Yeah, yeah people you know, empathize with it, definitely, yeah. It's it's good, it's good to, to let people know about, about just um, things like that. I find they, they definitely... Um, they definitely take it on a lot more, you know. It's it's very easy to kind of the, the Instagram world is very clear and perfect, you know. And when you when you do post things up that aren't aren't that perfect, like I find like when I put up a post about losing fights, I think I get fucking double the likes than when than when I win. People people respect honesty, man. Like he's amount of tripe you see on Instagram now. It's like yeah. I'm like that's why I'm all for the ugly selfies, man. It's, it's like you people are gonna fucking. <laughs> People are going to see you out on the road. You don't fucking look like that. Like, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or like, you know what I mean? People trying to get the best shot of their fucking, like, whatever it is, like, there. And I'm yeah. just like, like, just, especially in the fitness world, I find it like, it's like, fucking hell, man. Like, nobody looks like that. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? You see these lads at the top shop and all this, like. It, ha- like, it happened to us at a comp, like, where, uh, <clears throat> the same thing, if we, like, one of the lads, when I, when I qualified for something, and one of the boys rang me after in absolute shock that I'd placed. He was like, some of the lads in that comp are unreal. How did you place? Like, And it's that Instagram world that like half the, co- half the lads compete in. Yeah, they look great on Instagram, but Instagram's one minute of, you yeah. know, a three-hour session or something. And um, yeah. when we do go to events, yeah, like you say, man, people come in and they, there's almost an expectancy on, and sure, Demo, like you're the same when you go to another kickboxing club or an event or community thing. But when we walk in and if they're expecting me to be perfect, you know what I mean? Everything I'll go for, a catch. But they appreciate it more when they see like whatever you like, the leading coach or whatever, uh, missing stuff because it shows them yeah. that. Yeah, we fail as well. Like there's no difference. Like yeah. we miss things. We don't like we fuck up and that's in every sport, you know, and. A lot of people yeah, need to see definitely. that, I think. Yeah, and I think even podcasts, I think that's why podcasts are, are becoming so big as well, is because they're not little 60-minute clips. People really get to open up and really get to express, you know, talk about things like that, you know, rather than everything being perfect in little 60-second clips on Instagram, you know. Mm. People really get to tell a story and actually tell people about little insecurities and little, little downfalls they've had and, and get more more of a story across. I think people pr- pr- prefer that, you know. Yeah, you're fooling nobody with things like that on Instagram, right? Like, well, they are fooling people, but like, I mean, in my opinion, like, you're getting that little snapshot into this perfect life that they've created for themselves on their Instagram. But when they fucking lock their phone 
their life is completely different. Like, like yeah, you know, it's completely yeah. different. And like, it, it's yeah, it does my fucking head in anyway. Sorry, you're not going ahead. The only uh, downfall with the podcast lads is we need to go for a piss. I'll be back. Right <laughs> <in a second. laughs> Take a piss break, sir. But uh, no, look, man, we're the same. Like if, uh, like you say, if, if Damo puts something up about winning a comp and then like they haven't seen that he's been training for six months, they just see that one fighter. It's like what Connor said. He was like, what was it, 10 years for those 10 seconds or whatever they said about his first world title or his double world title or whatever. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be the same. If I put up like that I've learned a new move or something, you know, people would be like, they just see that, but they don't see like I've been trying that every day for the last four months or something, or they yeah, just man, see a brief like, twenty seconds. Yeah, it's like you know, like going back to, to the longer runs I've done or whatever, and people say to me, "Man, I don't know how you do that." Like, and it's like, man, like, like there's a lot of sacrifices to stuff like that, and there's a lot. Like, I mean, I've openly admitted that I didn't train properly for those, like you know, that sort of way. Um, but like. Yeah. There's an awful lot of sacrifice underneath all that stuff where, like, I mean, it has strains on relationships, on, on like, you know, like, girlfriends, friends. Um, so, like, you know, it's important for people to open up about these things and, and be like, you know, you, I'm, I'm not just... Is that what you needed to go for that walk about earlier, Damon? What? <laughs> Is that what you needed that walk around the room earlier, was it? No, it was, uh, it was, <laughs> I was starting to shiver. You could hear my voice. The windows are open. I was starting to shiver. So you know, I needed a piss. I was forcing bladder of an 80-year-old. Oh, I'm off oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, I need to go as well now. The demo's passed it on. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting. I've been waiting. I was like, trying not to be rude. I was like, I can't fucking interrupt someone's story. I was like, right. Hold on a second, lads. We'll be back in a second. I've only got one more kind of thing to bring up and then you can leg it anyway. But... Uh... It was just the idea that, like, do you think, like, the environment, like, we've all grown up in a similar area. We obviously all went to the same school. Like, there's a lot of people in in and around our area or went to the same school that you'd regard as, I suppose, successful in, in sport. Do you think, like, the environment we all grew up in has anything to do with that? Like, Yeah, I think I think it was a balance between bit of hardship you know I think everyone around the area like again we didn't grow you know loaded and like having everything so you kind of you had a balance of a bit of bit of hardship and not being too soft but at the same time being, being respectful enough to know that you know um, being given good manners good etiquette good kind of being taught taught well by, by, by family and then obviously education and um, I think the balance the balance just gives people a good a good uh yeah, a good a good balance between um, hard work and and and, and education and sense and, and good good morals, but uh, yeah, I, I think I think that's what. But but again, you can you look at the other the other side of it, and you see guys that grow up in complete poverty and and they really have something to fight for, you know, and they they're really going at it. But uh, and then you get you get people that grow up and they have a silver spoon in their mouth and they have all the money and all the all the the, the, the financial things and anything they want they have given to them. And but then again, they that they're, they're still successful as well so it kind of is more i think it's it's just that we know the people in the area probably you know that that, that we, we kind of feel we, we look down we look at our area in that in that sense but um 
I, I believe it's it's a balance of being being brought up well in the area, but at the same time not being um not being too soft and having to work for work for things, you know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think it is. It's there's no coincidence this area like that. There's there is like an awful lot of hardworking people. We've all been brought up, you know, kind of in our in our circles, like as as you know, to respect money, respect hard work, and nothing's really handed to us. Um, and that kind of shows like with the amount of like local businesses that are open, local gyms. Um and like yeah, I think as Damo said, we were brought up the right way. And I mean, in terms of sport, yeah, there's lots of people from around here that are like how many times did you hear like when we were growing up going, he's quality football, he's quality this, he's this, like he's like boxing champion. Like like I knew more about Damo's career before and before we were even mates, but like you know the sort of way it was like like first time I met him, I was like, "Where's all his belts?" And I'm just see love fucking wrapped around him, like you know, there's all the way. So like, <laughs> there's a picture in the gym of me kicking some lad in the head <laughs> before I say hi to you. Just yeah, a big picture in the gym. That's when you asked me to Photoshop your foot into. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was actually a slip. I took it. I slipped, but then we inverted the photo. We just turned it upside down. It looks like a nice yeah. But uh, yeah, I think like it's actually the point that like kind of. Even that I was thinking was like, I know we were talking about earlier, was where, where, like, the kind of whole fitness thing of like, where, like, where's it going in terms of like these commercial gyms, you know, sort of way, in, in terms of like the amount of gyms that people have open, like these commercial gyms, in my opinion, like, they're propping up all over the shop, but like, I'm not just saying it now because I'm working with the lads, but it's like, I went to the gym for, for, so many years on my own I spent like one two hours in the gym and then I went to train with the lads and I was spending 45 minutes in the gym and I just my my progression just flew up like um, and that just shows you the wealth the wealth of knowledge that we have around here um, like in that and that drive that there is like there is in this local area and it's only a small little area but the amount of knowledge we have in all these different aspects of sport and and uh, like it's fucking great it's great for the area like you know, that's why I moved to the farm, girl. You know, I didn't want to leave the boys. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good with you saying that, either Because again, like even when when Gerald asked that question, I was straight away. I was thinking it's sporting. So like I was kind of saying, like, well, yeah, it, it, it's a lot more than sporting. I suppose it, success again. It just shows just because we were chatting about sport. I was thinking even sporting, but from it from a from a business point of view, we kind of that's why I think it's we kind of we're smack bang in the middle on both ends, especially when we're not people that grow up in kind of poverty and really work hard and and they make it sportingly. Sometimes they're still socially awkward and very aggressive, and you know, in a, in a sense, like that that it has some successful in sport, but they don't come across very well businessly. You know, they don't have education number one, and they don't. Um, so I think again, the and then the the people that that grow up, um financially set already you know and um, you, know, you know you can't paint them all with the, the same brush like you, you know you get people that are great like but uh, and, and they're well well grounded and they work hard and even though they're the family are, are well off but just you do get some people that you know that they're, they're just uh they've, they go to the best college and like but they just don't have common sense or any cop on so i think like where we're from it kind of is smack bang in the middle and i think we get the best of both worlds are well grounded but you know we've uh we've had to work hard and but we're still able to actually get educated, and I think that's where you see the, the kind of business business success, you know, and 
as well. You know, it, it's not success isn't just sport. And even when you ask the question initially, I was thinking just sport. But I suppose yeah, it's down to a lot more than just that. And I think the area, the area is just perfect for that kind of balance to to have success in business. Yeah, because a lot of us obviously around like that. You know, there is a lot of sports clubs in that area, and we're kind of blessed to do. Whereas you talk to someone in Mayo or something, and like the nearest club to them is a GAA club, and that's it, and it's a half an hour drive, um, and that's kind of it. Whereas where we are, there's so many options of sport, and particularly like the last kind of few years, there's much more individual sport. Like, you know, obviously MMA has exploded, but like the the aspects within that kickboxing, jiu-jitsu, they've all exploded because of it as well. Like, um, yeah. Well, sometimes like the that idea of like, like you said, Daniel, like people who have money and stuff. Like, obviously, there's exceptions to that rule, and some people can use it well and still still want out of that environment. Like, I know people that are that have been rich and hate the fact that they're rich because they yeah. want to associate with others or whatever. But you know, yeah. um, sometimes when you when you're kind of a little bit lower and you've something to strive towards as opposed to just being comfortable. You know, if you grow up comfortable, yeah. you've nothing really pushing you to change your environment. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, if you're, like, if you're getting kind of everything given to you, you know, you, yeah, you, you don't really have anything to work for in a sense. And like, if you, if you grow up, like again, growing up from an area where you're going to have to work for, work for things in a sense, I find sport was, sport was like, it's something like you're getting you kind of feel you feel like you're you're working hard at something and then the gratitude you get or the the the, the um how would you say the recognition you get off of people when when you do well in a sense you're kind of like jesus that's like that's something i've never really got before you know off of other people fair enough your family or whatever you know you're well accepted but from like you know from other people that are jesus christ and then that becomes something that as much as the feeling of winning like it's it's the acceptance that comes with it in a sense you start becoming that person that like oh yeah like they, uh, i love that i feel like yeah 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 you settle in there you're feeling you're feeling good because you know so many people are, are reaching out here or whatever so i think the that feeling as well of um being accepted is, is another another thing that comes with a uh, winning that we talked about earlier yeah it's a big thing and it like even found like kind of people saying to me like oh like, I don't, like if I'd done something for, for the um, the 50k I'd done last year during the lockdown was for, for a charity that that was in um, that I just I'd, I'd the Dublin to Donegal lads I'd, I was talking to them on Instagram and it just kind of blew up from there um, but the, the real community behind that like I just put one video up on Instagram and all of a sudden this community yeah, you just like from a child from Donegal that, they, that nobody even knew um, this whole community just got behind it. everyone was doing their bit like um, and that kind of thing of it, it, like the kind of satisfaction you get from that where it's like like you know that that's a win in itself you know the sort of way like of, you're getting people active you're getting people out you're getting people behind a great cause um, and that drives you forward as well you know the sort of way that drives you to be like like and, and I, was, I was like going back to this community so many nice people here there's so many people like and recently this area's gotten a bit of stick like you know in the news or whatever like but like this this area is 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 fucking great it's 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 you know the amount of great people the amount of great um local business we have the amount of the wealth and knowledge we have and just the sense of community you know the sort of way that really showed me that i could put one video up about a child from donegal that like you know like 
his dad was trying to do a run on it with his mates and like they couldn't do it and they were trying to raise money and all of a sudden then this area gets behind like you know the sort of way and then the lads were doing the lads Jody and, and Craig were doing 50k as well and then people were doing 10k's and 5k's and then all of a sudden there's people coming up to me that I don't even know and they were like oh I've done that 5k 10k like you know for the, it was unbelievable and that's a win for me in itself like, that's better than any medal that I could have ever gotten from a 50k race that was cancelled you know yeah, like sports yeah. one of the few things that, like regardless of your social class, like you become that community, you know, no one's looking at you and you're not like, like your one common denominator is the sport and that can be what like brings loads of people together just through that one interest, like. Yeah, yeah. And you even said, I think you mentioned it earlier, girl, with, your, with the, you were saying with the French guy that kind of give you the, give you the cold shoulder at the event. Like I've had guys do that to, to us over the years like you know and they, they will be competitors but again they, they don't they see you as inferior and they don't think you're their, you're their mate you know you're not good enough to be my mate nearly you know yeah, yeah, yeah. then you beat you, then you beat them a few years later and then all of a sudden you're their mates you're willing to be mates now you know we've had that kickboxing um, and it's it's you know it, it's weird it feels great and you do classify them, classify them as a mate like you know like oh yeah we socialize and chat whenever there's events and all now but yeah you, you kind of have to tread carefully in that line because you really know, like, as soon as things, as soon as things get, uh, you have to earn their respect. They, they weren't willing to respect you straight off the bat. So really, are you a fucking friend, you know? Um, you have to kind of tread carefully with the with the, the acceptance you get through sports, you know? It's very, uh, it's very bandwagonish, you know? They'll be fucking gone and happy. Like, as soon as, uh, as, soon as you have uh, hard times or whatever, they'll be gone. Like, so it's as much as it, it is great, the acceptance, and, and it's... Uh, but it's you wonder how how deep it goes. It's that kind of Instagram community, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, as opposed yeah. to a real community, like yeah. yeah. I always say to the lads, it's like oh, I, I never trust anyone to look them in the eye. Like you know, you'd be Instagram mates and blah blah blah. Like, but like, like they could they could be following you because they want you to fail. They want you to put up that loss that you did or that DNF in my case or like get you slipping off a bar and falling onto your nose, like. Not a sort of way. It's like they could be following you because they want you to fail, like you know. So, yeah, it's it's interesting, like. Yeah, that's one of the things. Oh, it's just a, it's just another question. I was gonna say because I was saying to Ethan the other day, we chatting. The the calisthenics just blow, blows my mind, man. How did you how did you start think about starting it? Like, how when did you decide that it was something? Because it is definitely like it's. I guarantee you weren't brought with a calisthenics club with your parents, you know. So like, how how did you know? It's not like how did you ever get into it? It's just something that was yeah. interesting to you. Or... Well, that's why, like, I was asking like the the environment thing. Like, you know, if if uh, if I never came across it, you know, like the amount of kids we have involved now, like as you say, if there was no club, all these kids who look like superstars in our sport, say, but like if if the, if our thing wasn't around, they'd probably be doing nothing, um, yeah. but. For for me, man, I, I was just working in lockout. I was just PT or you know fitness instructor, yeah. jack of all trades, and um, I was setting up a class out of laziness, like just like or I'm gonna do a bodyweight class because they meant no equipment, like I didn't have to bring it up, and uh, it went from that to just like look. I suppose just came across. I started seeing a few videos, and I was like, "What is this?" You know what I mean? And then once once I got into it, I just understood the difference between. As I said, liking something and loving something, you know. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't like like you know that like just as well. It's not better than me, man. But it's just like 
like it didn't feel like I had to try and it was like I get to try and you know yeah, and it yeah. was like I put everything into it because and not because it felt I had to it was just purely because I enjoy doing it so I make time for it like um, yeah. and then that's yeah, as you say it wasn't through um, finding a club or anything I had to make my own club and um, it's just kind of grown since then like and did, did you did you have anyone that you kind of reached out like reached out to on a sense or did, was it kind of YouTube based or whatever like how did you even did you literally just see the exercise and try and practice or did you have anyone that was giving you any kind of cues of how to do things Um, at the start in lockout whether it's like look fight or channel whatever would you want to use but I've been doing it a few months and then a fella came in and he was the first person I'd seen do calisthenics in real life like in the gym yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. So the job then hired him the next day just because they seen what he was doing, like. And yeah. uh, just got training with him. But, like, that was okay at the start. But then when, you, when you're when you progressing and, you know, it's like you said with kickboxing, where there's so many different strands. Um, yeah. He, he kind of wanted to do a bit more of, I suppose, just reps and stuff, whereas I was interested in the tricks and, like, the dynamics of it. So... We kind of went our own way. So, yeah, after a while, you're trying to learn it yourself. And, you know, that's kind of one of the things, like you said, through experience, you know, something that might have taken me six months to learn, I can teach in six minutes because I've put in that yeah. time. And yeah. so in ways, me having to go and find that stuff out myself and what works and what doesn't, obviously, it's made me a better coach, you know. Yeah, that really is so fascinating, man, like that. Like, like, yeah, yeah, legitimately a fucking pioneer in in in, in the sport then in Ireland, like, because like, like, I went to a kickboxing club and you know we just you know started take on the club kickboxing club and they were there, but like, I didn't create kickboxing like you know in Ireland, like it's fucking like the, the what you're saying there is fucking is crazy, man. As far as that sport in Ireland, like. but that's what we've kind of said though, like in terms like we run coaching courses and stuff now, and we're trying to train people up to to teach it and stuff and. What we've said to them is we're lucky in a sense that there's nothing there because mm-hmm. if you go into football now, like there's so much wrong with the structure, but they've only learned that because of a hundred years of experience and science mm-hmm. and everything catching up. So we've all these other sports that have not done it wrong, but you know, like we've learned now that there's a developmental age as opposed to just being 15 and all these kind of things. So we can implement that stuff now. So we're the ones, as you said, man, I find that much more exciting being able to grow the sport as opposed to walk into football. Everything's already there, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, that's, that's quality, man. Absolutely quality. Because it is, it's a, it's a thing that even intrigues me. It's like, it's so eye-catching when you see, like, like again, I'm always, anytime I see any of your videos, it just blows me fucking mind. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> that is, because it's just, it's like, it's something that you couldn't even fathom doing. That's what that's the way it catches my it literally blows my mind because like, I couldn't couldn't even fathom doing that. I perceive myself to be a relatively strong lad, like, but I couldn't even fathom doing that. Like it's just like it's it's mind blowing and it and it catches my attention straight away. And I'm like, how the fuck do we even think about going about like going about that? How do you even do that? And again, like it goes back to being a, a PT and you get people from all body shapes and all sizes and all. I'm sure it's mental from your job as a coach trying to the building blocks to get to that, to get to that, to get to to doing that. It must be, must be mind blowing for yourself trying to trying to structure that for, for again someone that could be even heavy coming into coming into the class. You know, 
Yeah, well, that's probably why Edo keeps running away from me anytime he sees me. He's afraid I'm going to ask him to do a handstand. Like, Mate, yeah. I'd love to do that. I told I'm you, like, over. I'm up to 85 <laughs> kilos now. I'm not fucking hanging out in the stop signs. <laughs> <laughs> told them um, I was Yeah, well, like, what, what we kind of do, and like, it's probably, I don't know, like, it's kind of something I'm really interested in is that, like, you're trying to develop, like, individuals. You're not just, like, what works for me won't work for you, won't work for Ito. So me as a coach, I try and like create like as wide, uh, I suppose how many, as many variables as possible, you know. And then yeah. if you're the athlete, you have to narrow that down. You have to funnel into what works for you. But as the coach, you have to expand it. And okay, that isn't working for you. This might, and you know, it's not as simple as yeah. this works for me. You do it. Um, yeah, yeah. Depending on the length of their limbs, the weight of them, the you know, age of strength. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. And as you said, even like the mentality, like some of the moves that we do, like I'd be nervous of and other guys yeah. wouldn't think twice about them. So even yeah. that side, thinking like, you know, I'm, I'm okay at like the strength and the static movements. Some guys find them impossible. Um, but they would throw out crazy tricks that we wouldn't do, you know. So like there's a lot of it is personality as well, you know. Yeah, yeah it's class. It is really class. Yeah. You must get people just staring at you in the park do you yeah because you're so handsome just in general before I even do it I'd be like crazy man mind blowing like could you imagine that I get filthies when I'm in the park shadow boxing you don't imagine what you get you just think I'm a scumbag though you just think you know I'm looking for a fight you think you don't imagine you must get mad looks like people must be like they're seeing a fucking like something that's strange I think they must be going to ring the cars or something it's funny when like like not in a bad way, but you'll have someone in the park and they're like thinking they're brilliant because they're doing a muscle up and they kind of have the shapes and yeah, I'm just yeah. kind of like, that's cute. And then, like, and then I'll kind of, kind of do my thing and it just, I don't mean to be like putting them down right because it's great when you see people doing stuff, but you're just like, there's always yeah, a level. Like, checking for the strings underneath or something. Like, <laughs> definitely. It's definitely something underneath them there. That's not fucking right. Like it's a party and just fucking double thinking was, what he's it doing. was like last Sunday or something I was in the park and there was three of them kind of doing rings and they had their stereo on and like they thought they were the shit like blaring the music and shaping around doing a few pull-ups like and you know I was kind of just in my corner doing my thing and once I started warming up you could just see the three of them all kind of like starting to lower the music and <laughs> take the rings down <laughs> levels that uh, is savage stuff man it'd definitely be something like I would like I remember a few years back, I went through a phase of trying to. It was I remember the specific moment that had this this thought in my head. Right, I was I was walking along. I think we were in Portugal, um, me and Rebecca were in Portugal. And we were walking along the promenade, like the promenade on the beach, and then I seen this guy. The beach was good, like it's good twenty feet down. It was real big drop off off the off the promenade down onto the beach, and but I seen this guy doing a backflip through, like and landing back, and I was like. How the fuck is he jumping up that high? But he had, he had a, a gym ball buried in the in the sand, right? And it was like a springboard. And so they were bouncing off it. And your mom was doing a backflip and landing back down. I think it was mind blowing. But I was I was like, fuck, I want to learn how to do backflips. So I remember that point. I was like, right, I want to learn how to do backflips. So I came home and I started doing a bit of stuff. But I, I think I'm too fucking old, man. My back, my back just, my mid back didn't bend that way, right? I was trying to do like hand, hand, like walkovers and stuff like that and just handsprings. My mid back just cannot bend that way. It's just so seized up and so crepid. Like it's just in bits. But um my mobility isn't there. But like from your point of view, 
do you find now that you're working with kids so much easier? Like it, when people are like in their twenties, as far as mobility on some things, it probably is a much harder process dealing with them. If you can get a kid manipulating their, even from a PT point of view, if you get a kid, look at a kid that can walk, just walk, their squat is perfect. You know, then you get them when they're 30 and their fucking squat is in bits. You know, like the mobility is so bad from 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 just inactivity. Like if you can get a kid that's young and mobile and supple and you, you and, and obviously a lot lighter and they can manipulate their body weight and they just continue to do that, how much easier is that? Like, you know, so it must be must be much better for you. You must wish you started when you were fucking younger. Like Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I was what, twenty-two. Um, mm. you know, so like yeah, you'd, you'd like to think that someone starts at 12, they've a much bigger advantage than me at 22, they've 10 years practice, but at the, at the same time, it's like, you know, someone could have a lot of potential, but if if the way someone's training them is wrong, like they're gone. Yeah. So sometimes getting someone later when they're a bit more mature, or, you know, there, there is both. Obviously, the, the very common and easy answer is like, yeah, getting someone at 10 and training them for 10 years has a much bigger advantage than me. They have to be trained properly. Like, like, like some people don't differentiate. They try put an adult game on a kid's shoulders, and it's like, yeah, he's ten. I want them to enjoy it. That's why. That's why I say the fact that we can put the structure on it gives us a huge advantage. I only have two competitions a year, and I don't even call them competition. I tell the kids it's an exhibition, and we don't yeah. like. Whereas, imagine football, man. Like football is a match every Saturday, and the kids are afraid to try any tricks. They're afraid to try any skills because they have to win. And it's like it's another yeah. seven division four. It doesn't matter, like, but yeah, that's yeah. the way they place that kind of pressure of winning on them very soon. Whereas we're like, as I say, one or two competitions at the most a year, and it's literally just more an exhibition than competition. And it's like that thing once once they finish the competitions, like we said, the the pressure's off their shoulders, and they just want to keep learning skills. And so it's that thing of deliberate play as opposed to just you know deliberate practice you know get them out of that mindset until they're a little bit lighter um but as i say we're lucky in a way that there isn't anything before us because we can we can establish that um so it is brilliant and i much prefer working with kids than adults because adults like more so are like and you obviously know this in your own place but their motivations are more uh, i'll have a wedding coming up in a few weeks and i want to lose a bit of weight that, that that interests some people and it, it's great if it does but for me like when I'm working with the kids and they see a trick and they get excited by it they like it for the same reasons I do so it's much easier to work with them because you know they, they like it for the same reasons as I say yeah. same with a, with a PT point of view it's, the more you more you do it the years you do it you, it's great um, it's great dealing with uh, like I have a few few clients that might be might be all older clients you know because again they, they just want to get stronger. They just want to move better. You know, like, like you were saying with kids, like it's just they just want to do, you know, it's it's a lot easier to to get someone to, to perform better and be stronger and move better. And, but when you're trying to juggle all that with a big calorie deficit and you're trying to just both, you know, making them stronger, um, making them stronger will, will allow them to drop weight, but then also dealing with their emotional backlash of how you know it's hard to, to, to be doing it, you know, because obviously it's not easy. Like, um, so you're trying to you're trying to juggle juggle everything. So it's definitely when you start doing it, when you're dealing with more um, older clients and they, they they just want to be physically more mobile and, and stuff like that. It's, it's it's great dealing with those clients, you know. It's it's um 
it's a hundred percent commitment to the to the strength training activity that's going to get them better. You know, you don't mm. have to be juggling all the other things, wanting to chat food and all the all the other stuff that's time consuming and, and draining. Um, so it's the same, I suppose. You dealing with the, the kids, it's they're, they're, they're there for the one one thing really. Like with kids, there's no there's no limit. If you get me, like mm. if, if when you talk to an adult, like you say, there, man, oh, I can't do that. My back's and bits. When you start working with people in there, kind of later on, they they keep putting limitations in place. Yeah. Whereas a kid, just like you'll show them something and like, like we can do that. Like yeah, they, they, yeah, they'll yeah. challenge me. Like do you know what I mean? They'll call me yeah, out and yeah. stuff. Jamie, can you do that? And yeah. like, uh, give me a good twenty minute warm up there, mate, and I'll I'll give it a go. Like, but the kids just call you out on stuff. So I just like yeah, that that's why. And everyone will have a kind of age group. I think you know some people prefer working with adults, um, you know, and everyone everyone's kind of different in regards to who they prefer to work yeah, with. Little, um, little niche. Yeah, I just like for me, it just seemed to be where it, it grew. And as I say, the the kids like the sport for the same reason I do. They get excited by it, the same reasons I do. Um, so it just works out a lot better, you know. Yeah, it's there's definitely um. Like again, as I said, the the, the structure you have to place the structure on it, and I think even from a, from a kickboxing point of view and a martial arts point of view, like I, I I'm kind of lucky in the sense I had the backing of my parents. Like I said, I always say that, and that's really why I stuck it out. I definitely probably would have ventured off somewhere else if I didn't have the backing and support that that, that they pushed on me, um, because I didn't really love it. It wasn't it wasn't exactly great crack all the time, you know, um, and I think like if you look at other other sports like that is a massive thing that keeps keeps kids involved like in, in kickboxing like I said earlier there's all different strands semi-contact kickboxing is that kind of craddy style of kickboxing and um, stop start points craddy and uh, it's not like when I remember competing I used to hate it because it was continuous punches to the face it's a shock you'd be crying oh this, this is fucking awful like what's going on here you know it's, very, it's, it's, a, it's a massive shock Um at the time, like a head guard coming loose and all, you just don't know, you're like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> um, so like that, that was awful at the time, but again, it becomes, you become, you become comfortable in the uncomfortable as you do it over and over again, but you, that's what I said, you need the backing of your parents, if your parent that listens to it, as soon as your kids say that they don't like it, uh, it's not for him, you know, you need a bit of a push, but like, again, uh, the, the semi-contact side of kickboxing, it's like a game of tag, like, it's, it's it, the kids compete a lot more than we would because they love it, like it, they're 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 buzzing to do it, like and and those that those athletes that do the semi contact boxing and, and are very successful at it and very and go on, they a lot of them go on to be are now going on to be really good MMA fighters and stuff again. But their their distance control and their their timing and stuff is is exceptional, um, like because they've they've probably done it, they probably compete, they've competed a lot more than even we have in the light contact and, and in the ring because of just the frequency of 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 you know, of the competitions because they're not full contact and they're they're kind of uh, they're they're less taxing on the body and, and from a young age they're more exciting. They, they the kids love it. It's like it's like um like jujitsu, the vibe in jujitsu, it's it, it, even at, at at adults and stuff, they, they, they like I go to I go to the tournaments and um like I've been there supporting Austin a few times and the vibe is just is um they're all loving it, you know. There's not there's no an animosity between even competitors. Like there's no obviously when you get to the like the, the higher level lads and all they're, they're not exactly you know, hugging each other before they compete, but it's just different to, to fight and to strike in sports in a sense. It's just they have a different outlook on it. And I think if you if you if you don't hate it and you have, you're more fearful of it and it's enjoy it's enjoyable, you're gonna do it more. And obviously the longer you're able to do it more, 
all those hours of practice and all are just going to make you a lot better. So like like straight away when we're talking about you, you, you put the structure in for the kids. If the kids are just coming in, even if they're not learning that necessarily, but they're, they're willing to play and, and do that from the ages of four to, to seven or whatever, and they're just comfortable, getting comfortable in the environment, but they're, 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 they're practicing little things and you can manage man, manage them to stick through that phase. The, the success rate of, of making them... Uh, Stick to the sport is obviously gonna be a lot better, you know. Rather than like like you were saying about the football, they're gonna you're gonna be going to they're gonna do a match. We're gonna you're gonna get hammered twelve nil. You're gonna feel shit, but uh, that's that's the way we're gonna keep score, you know. And that's and that's it. Like we're just we're just keeping score. You're gonna go into a, a fight, and you know you you might you might get um, punched in the face until you cry and you can't continue. And then obviously the other kid knows he won. Um, it's it's it is it definitely turns kids off of um off if you can if you can get it just that it's a playful a playful vibe at a younger age I find yeah, it's definitely a lot better on the kids like and I, I, I'm just one of the lucky ones that stuck it out and obviously there's a lot more people like me as well that stuck it out but I say a lot of kids have been torn off in the sense of the sport not being that fun at its time you know mm. uh, Ita you just looked a lot like the Willy Wonka meme there for most of that <laughs> that was just fascinating <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> no, it's definitely true. Obviously, somebody like who's who's coached young kids football, and um, I think they went away from the whole thing of keeping score and, and like you know a, a competition at a young, very young age. Like, but you still know when you're getting battered. Like, you know, sort of, way, you still know when a team is better than you. And um, I'm not one for. I'm not one for a competition with, with young kids, um, even even in um, in any sports like eight, nine, ten, like maybe when they hit sort of eleven, twelve, you can start to kind of teach them the basics of of competitiveness and and how to compete. But I'm not I'm not big on kids, and for the reason that I said is the fact that you know they may lose interest in the sport and they may be a late developer. Uh, and we've seen that we've seen so many late developers in 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 professional sport and just in general, like you know, sort of way. Um, so I'm not one for for disheartening people. And then then on the other side of the coin is you see these child prodigies coming up that are winning everything, um, and then they hit 16, 17, 18, and they start, you know, I don't know, noticing women and drinking and you know, sort of, and all of a sudden then they just fall away and they've been told that they were brilliant their whole life at this specific sport so they think that they don't have to work hard anymore and I think especially in football it's a huge thing with Irish with Irish kids is that they were told they were brilliant all the way up from 6 to 16 and then they go to England and then they see what hard work is they see these kids like like that are from high rise um, flats in, in London and that's all they have is football and that's like you know like literally they will do anything to be a professional footballer. When these young lads have been over here and they're kind of going through the motions because they're, you know, they've been the best in their area. Like so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not one for, I'm not one for, uh, for competitiveness with with children up until a certain age. And um, I think it's Holland, Dutch football. They don't, they don't, um, they don't play competitive football until they're thirteen or fourteen. And look how, look how, like you don't have to even know anything about football to know that, that the Dutch are good at football. You know the sort of way, and their their grassroots is spot on, um. So yeah, like this country's especially like this country's obsession with winning things, and well, well I know yeah. that um, like Darkie tried to introduce that man where they got rid of 
competitiveness and he was like no we're not going to put our teams into leagues until 12s and like as you said like the idea that we're coming across that was the reason and it makes sense but then no other club followed him so like every kid that was decent just went down to Joe's because they had a match every Sunday so like even though these ideas are making sense it's like the structure like there was another one called Boyo Bandon that got introduced and uh, what England were trying to do was have summer tournaments where you'd go into a team based on your biological age. So, you know, you could be 14, but you're playing with a load of 16-year-olds and vice versa. And, like, sounds sounds like it's a good theory, but then if you're 14 and you've been playing with all your mates up to that point and they take you out of that, sure, that's nearly... That's not yeah. going to have as good an effect either because socially they're not going to interact well with those kids. So, yeah. Um, There's the other side of that coin then as well is, is like getting that experience, you know, like they, there could be an argument for, oh, well, like the more experience you get, uh, like for me now going into a football match, I've played so many that I'd like, you know what I mean? There's, I'm not like, and if I turned around to stay, like if Damo turned around to me and said, I'll throw you into the ring and I'm sitting in the dressing room beforehand, shitting myself. Like, because I don't know what to do when people are throwing instructions at me and vice versa. Oh, I'd, be, oh, I'd be shitting myself. And I've been doing my whole life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, so it's like that competitive practice, that practice of, of getting that competitiveness and getting that edge. But I think it, if we implement competitive sport at 11 or 12, there's plenty of time to get used to it. They don't need to be losing 5, 6 nil on a fucking Saturday morning when they're 7. They'll just lose interest. Yeah, and I think it so has many... to be a national thing, doesn't it? it has yeah. to be a national. It has, to yeah. be, it has to be taken on with a whole country. Like I think if it's got because like that you said they're just going down the road and do it. Like if if it, well they're the good people, you know that obviously think they have a chance of winning a a, a, a medal or you know a match. Like and then obviously you've just got a massive difference in golf. You're just going to have a really shit team. They'll probably end up just leaving the league because they've got all the players that want to just be a part of an inclusive thing. So I think like we were in Norway. Um, a few years back kickboxing and just chatting to the, the guys there and they just seem to have it like a really good system as well like, I think their government and, their, and like everything over there I think they just really have it nailed down like they're just really their economy is fucking booming all the time and they're um, like they, they, they're they just really, really really clever people like even from sport from contact sport I think kickboxing I think they can only kickbox up until up until you're 38 or something like that and then and then it's elite like it's pretty much yeah, it's illegal for you to kickbox you're not allowed you're not allowed to kickbox past that age there's a certain age I'm not exactly if it's 38 but something like that that you're not allowed after that and obviously from just just mental um, from the side effects on your brain um, but that's and then the same with, with kids they they, they won't allow, allow the kids to competitively compete up until I think it's 12 as well or could be even more than that but it's it's just they just seem to have and even from um if that's just not kickboxing, that's just sport in general. Um, nothing's competitive up until up until twelve or twelve or fifteen or uh, in and around that. So it's uh, it has to be a national thing. Right? Otherwise, you're just gonna get that. They just go down the road, you know, and, and do it then. And okay. those have to be a bigger bigger scheme. We've nearly gone the opposite way with football. I, I could have a debate about this all day. Like, but we have an elite league now, um, where thirteen to to nineteen have an elite team, um. Like and it, I mean, who are you to tell me that a thirteen-year-old is elite and another one isn't? You know the sort of way. Like he's thirteen. Like in yeah. three years' time, that kid could be a completely different person. He could be yeah. like, I mean, even when I was thirteen, I was tiny, and then all of a sudden I'm sixteen and I'm six foot. You know the sort of way. Like yeah. it's it's you. We've we've gone the opposite way because we we think that that's the way to do it, but like 
the more people you you keep interested in the sport, the more likely you're gonna have elite level athletes when they be, when they hit adulthood, like you know the sort of way. Mm. Um, so yeah, it, but you're right, Damo. It has to be a, like a, a countrywide, you know, like different sports, different obviously different different rules, but um, like this this obsession that this country has about winning, um, as opposed to progression and 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 like development. And needs to change. Yeah, because you want to yeah. keep your talent pool as open as possible. Like exactly. But like exactly. we ran we ran our coaching course there during a week and it's pretty much like it's an introductory phase and it's like four to six and like four man, like like even at four, you're just like look, it's it's given all you're trying to do is give them positive experience with sport. That's it. Like if they go walk mm-hmm. out and say did they have fun and they say, Yeah, that's your job done. But we had like yeah. people on that course said, oh, should you start them at two and three? It's like, how far do you want to take this? Like, you're going to take them out yeah. of the womb and start trying to yeah. teach them how to run through ladders. Like, flagpole like, and then the womb. Like, tumbling out of the womb. Ah, his form wasn't great coming out there. Like, yeah. I was like, <laughs> at some point, you just, just need to like let them be kids. And a lot of adults yeah. forget that they're kids. And it's like, you know, I had one mom take their kid out of our class and her reason for it was that they were just playing games. And I was like, all the stuff we're doing, we're assessing them, but they don't realise they're being assessed. Because, like, it's a game environment. That's what's going to make them practice that stuff more. And yeah. if you take them out of that no, environment... You can't, you can't win. You can't win with that. Like, that's the thing. Like, I was a little fucking brat like, when, I was, when I was younger, man. Like, again, like, my, my dad I mean, my mom would have brought me, but this is back in the day, like things are a lot more innocent. And my dad would have been at the back of the, the class watching like recording gradings and recording, you know, um, competitions and stuff on a big fucking big video camera <laughs> thing. All, all those days are obviously gone. Someone standing at the back of a room with a video camera and a kid, a lot of kids <laughs> training. But like I'm great, like they're great to look back on now. But I was just a little brat, like I was that little fucker, like if I'm ever coaching, I'm just like that one kid that just doesn't fucking listen, man. He's just running back. Just wants to talk to whoever is there. He just never his attention span is like a goldfish. Like that was me. It's just, um. But again, so you can't judge the book for the core at that stage. It's just as you said. It's just about them having fun, and if they can keep coming, whether it be you know through through them having fun or a bit of parents influence, it, 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 a lot more likely they'll stick it out, you know. But again, like that parent just dragging them out because they're playing fucking games. It's just shocking, like you know. And then on the other flip, the flip side of the scale, you get some. Pay- parents that just literally drop their kids to be babysit they couldn't give a shit what they're doing yeah man it's so important to learn things like that though so early like coordination and how to move your body like it's it's always finding now even like um like we, we one of the girls I, i'm trying at the moment like I, I, after about two or three weeks of training i turned around and said we we did you do like any athletics or any sport when you were younger and she said yeah, yeah i don't i don't hockey and you can see by the way that they move like somebody who's who's been brought from a young age, been active in sports. They 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 don't lose the coordination. You might lose, you know, like your fitness or your your muscle mass, but you don't lose that coordination on that how to move and how to move your body in different ways. It's so important to learn that from a young age, man. Like, and it's and man, it like I have a huge problem with, with like it's not body shaming or fat shaming but I have a huge problem with uh, the obesity problem that we have in this country at the moment like and like literally if you just especially in young kids man it's it's huge like um, just send your kid to do something 
you know the sort of way we learned we learned everything you were talking about man by just going out on the street and being given a ball and a trolley or something mm-hmm. like Doesn't everyone now everyone now thinks that like you need to like send them into a club and it's like look obviously you talk about my own club and I run stuff for kids but like getting them out on the street and just playing with their mates will do everything like when we when they come into us it's structured play do you know what I mean as opposed to them just going out and making up their own games and learning all those coordination skills just by going out on the road themselves and playing with their mates that's how we would have all learned it like mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah no, they're just a lot more sedentary now aren't they in, 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 in everyday life just everything's fucking sitting around video games and uh, mm-hmm. just lack of Lack of um, yeah, playing playing soccer or you know uh, fighting on the piece on the PlayStation fucking four instead of actually Easy. going out and, and going out. Kids don't even want to play games that's... now, like video games. They only want to play the PlayStation. Just want to watch someone on YouTube play the PlayStation. Like that's how bad yeah, it's yeah, gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, never it's understood funny, that. Yeah. <laughs> We're like yeah, three airplanes just giving out now about like you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In my day. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. <laughs> but it's it's so Very true, true, man. It's, it's so true. Like, and and it's this like uh, we can talk about this this COVID thing or whatever. But like, you know what I mean? Like this, that like the health in this country is deteriorating. Like, there's there's like like being obesity is it's 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 like it's rampant. Like, you know, kind of way, especially in kids. Like, and it is because life is just easier. You can just it's okay now to sit down and. And uh, play the PlayStation all day and eat show you, and you won't be like you'll be, you'll be nearly like people are nearly glorified now for 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 it. It's like okay, it's okay. That's what you want to do. So and going back to what yeah, Daniel was yeah. saying was like, yeah. it's like he was made to go train. I was made to go train, even if I didn't want it. I was made to go, and now it sticks to me to this day because if I wake up in the morning and I know I have to train and I know I have to do something, but now I have to go to fucking work or like I have to do it. It has to get done. Yeah. It's not. It's not. Imagine, just like, imagine, imagine if it was from any. Imagine if it was anything else. Like, imagine if it was like, like fucking having a shower. Imagine yeah. you're like, I don't want to have a shower. And your man died. It's already like you'd be fucking. They'd, <laughs> they'd be reported. They'd be yeah. reported. Yeah. Why is it okay yeah. for a kid to, to be super fat? Yeah. yeah. Be, be the stink bomb in the class. It's already right. don't worry. Yeah. Really like, yeah. You know you'd be I mean? reported like, if your clothes weren't yeah. clean and, and and everything like that. You'd be you know you're not being looked after. But you, yeah, you grant, you grant, you know, if you're if you're very overweight, like, and it's not even your choice at that age. No, it really isn't. Like, it's no. and that was one thing. Remember, I mentioned Norway being in Norway. It was um, they uh, remember going into the supermarkets and uh, uh you know, uh, like after Wayne and I, we would go have a bit of a piggy away and we grab a bit of chocolate. Like fucking seven quid for a chocolate bar, and you're like, all right, I'll rethink that. I'll put that back. <laughs> And like you wouldn't have an obesity fucking problem then. I can guarantee you that. Like you know, as soon as you have to rethink, like over here, it's easier to eat sugar. You know, if you had yeah. like another talk with that sugar tax and all, but if you if you hooked up the price on soy food, you would not have an obesity fucking problem. Guarantee you that. Like, I, uh, I had an argument with one of the teachers in the school I was in before because she was organising the sports day, and uh, I was like, like she literally just turned it into like show a few cards, a deck of cards underneath the parachute. And like on the other corner, they had a bouncy castle and she's like, ah, sure. It's just a bit of fun. And I was like, but you, you assess them on mats though. I'm like, you assess them on mats at like seven, eight. And she was like, oh, but we don't want to like, like she didn't have any races or little bits of competition. Like, and she was like, oh, but we don't really, don't really want to make it competitive. And I know I kind of said like, like the competition side of things I didn't want, but 
at the same time, it's like kids who are good at sports should also get recognized in school. Like they, they're, they're, they're focusing on the ones that can't do anything. It's like, well, why don't you put a bit of focus on the kids who are good at that stuff and compliment yeah, yeah. them? Because the likelihood is they might not be doing that well in maths and they're just getting slighted yeah. for it. But they look like they're yeah. doing well in sport. And then those other kids, if you turn around and say to them, no, you're actually not doing that well in sport. Like, and you can tell the parents they need to up their activity levels. Do you know, and you can yeah. base it off mm-hmm. something like, why can't yeah, you do yeah. that? Like, it's it's like yeah. it's, it's sorry, Dan. It's like that thing as well. It's yeah. like it's like I was told I was shy at maths. You know the kind of yeah. like why can't somebody be told that they're shy at PE? Yeah, like, you need to you know up your activity. But that's it. Just like you need to up your activity thing. levels. Yeah, yeah and, and now they're great though, isn't it? It's great when you it's, it's great when you hear yeah. like it's so it's so funny like but it's it's so true. It's it's. it's but it's simple. You're it's not you're not mentioning their way. You're not mentioning anything about no. way or they're literally saying your child. You just need to up their activity levels. It's it's apparent in the assessments that we've done, and we have assessments yeah. in some of the schools now. But you're just like it's apparent in the assessments that we've done that you're active. If as you said, if they failed maths, they'd get told they need to do more maths. So, yeah, being sure your maths isn't going to kill them though, isn't it? That's what I mean. <laughs> why, have maths, why have to get maths grinds for the leaving circle? Like you know what I mean? But now, don't get me wrong, I'm totally against bullying. I'm totally against all that. Like, you know, like, you know, like kids having a go with kids. But no, you're not. You, you used to give have... me a stick all the time, man. Yeah, used to fuck shine everyone in school, they did. That was the other thing as well, man. Is like these kids, do they not really know the difference between bullying? It's like, like when we were in school, if if you weren't slagged, like if they didn't slag you, they weren't your mates. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like, if I didn't slag you, we, I probably didn't know you. You know what I mean? Like, we probably were mates. Like, like now it's like, like, it's like, I'm not into the bullying part of fat shame and all this, like, but it's, it's as Dan was it. It's, it's unhealthy to be overweight. So why can't you pull the parent aside and say, listen, like, as I said, I'm getting maths groins because I'm sure you're maths. Well then, like, he needs to be more active. He needs to look after himself. You know, that sort of way. Um, yeah. And like, and then it, it, it follows into, into your, into your twenties and thirties then, where it's like, Oh, it's okay. I don't need exercise. It's okay. I, I I can eat whatever I want. Like, um, and it's not. That was what a physio physio that I go to. Though he said that to me. He was like, he goes, oh, I have women that come in to be fifty or sixty, and he's like, they have the same injury every month. They come in to me, get their back popped or whatever, feel great for a while, and he'll come. And he said like, he goes, well, I make recommendations to them to do you know a little bit of exercise in the gym, and he goes, I know full well they won't do it. And he said, "What well, parents, like that parent that took their kid out from us, he said, what they don't realise is what you're doing is stopping that child turning into that 50, 60-year-old mm-hmm. woman that has a negative association with exercise, like, mm-hmm. you know, so 100%. you're keeping the, he said, that's literally all what you're doing. He said, the minimum role that you're doing is that, you know? 100%. And the thing again as well is, man, is if, this, if this COVID, if this last year hasn't woken people up to the fact that that you know, looking after yourself is important. And um, if you're, if, if, if you, you're looking at yourself from this time last year and you've done exactly the same thing for 12 months, you still, you know, you still um, binge on, on refined carbs or you're addicted to sugar or uh, alcohol or whatever it is. In the last 12 months, if you haven't actually tried significantly to try, and it do, it's not hard, it's simple, simple little lifestyle changes and uh, to improve your health. Then like you're just banging your head against the wall, man. Because you know, as Damo said, like, like being sure your maths, like, is not gonna is not gonna uh, 
it's not gonna like you know um decline your health but like we have we have this like even at the moment we have this fucking war against exercise and i saw i saw a news article the other day about oh joggers should wear a mask like and i'm like that's just going to just all it is is just gonna like people are just gonna go i'm not gonna go fucking jogging if they want me to wear a well, mask i've seen more of them and more of them and they go they're just more and more every every time i go out i'm just seeing them and i'm like like half of me is like fair fucks but i'm like how <laughs> did he do it how did he do it like it's like I, I can barely breathe walking up the stairs of the apartment wearing my mask. Like, never mind fucking, <laughs> yeah. never mind jogging. Like. Uh, it's, it's crazy, man. And it's like this thing of like, like again, going back to the COVID, it's like, oh, I'll just throw something over my face. I'll just, I'll, just jab a, uh, I'll just jab a vaccine into my arm. It's like, no, if you're unhealthy, the likeliness of you getting sick is going to go up. And if you're overweight, uh, like the likeliness of you getting any, any disease is going to go up. Um, so yeah people this country especially we need to we need to start looking at like educating children in, in stuff that we weren't educated in I wasn't educated in, in like when I was playing sport like we'd have like you know oh yeah have your have your weed before you come down to football we weren't educated in like you know drinking water or you know like little like going back to school were we ever shown like you know the importance of fruit vegetables whole foods water like the only well, reason we were scared of sugar was because of the dentist or something. It wasn't because you thought, like, like from a yeah, health then, point of then view. Then you just stopped was... going to the dentist. No, but that's what I mean. Like, the only person that would come in would be a dentist saying, oh, sugar yeah. is bad for your teeth. It's like, now you're not. Like, obviously, it does a lot more than just affect your teeth. Like, Yeah, man. Yeah. And with the kids need to be educated in that, man. Like, they need to be, it needs to be. Like, I approached a local school to see if I could come in and just, like, literally a school right across the road with me, like, um, I emailed them and just said, "Could I just come in and have a chat with the, the kind of kids, like um, the fifth and sixth class, to see if I could just come in and um, have a chat about, like you know, the benefits of exercise that it's been on my life for my not just my physical health, but for my mental health, um, and what it's done for my life, and how, like you know, it's driven me not just in in what I've done, but in my life to to do things, different things, and um, in my job and blah blah blah. Um, I didn't hear back." From- now I know, like this was a while ago, a lot of shit going on. Like, but like, it, there has to be, there has to be something where it's like, okay, if my man dad don't understand, that's fine. You know, a lot of people aren't educated in that, in that, in that end. Um, and that's what at the moment I, I, like, I find it great when I, when you talk to a client and they actually are interested in their health and not just losing weight like straight away. They actually want to be healthier, um, and it's something that me and Daniel talk about a lot. Um, but yeah, kids. I mean, like they need to be. Yeah, like, like it's like okay. Said, the man, like, educated in a book, you know. Look, weight isn't weight isn't in, isn't an overall indicator as to whether you're healthy or no. unhealthy either. So, like when when people think you're, as you said, like shaming people about that stuff, you're not because like no. you can be really skinny and still unhealthy. Like you know, your diet well, can be awful. Plenty a day and don't don't probably eat breakfast and that's it. Yeah, I was on. Yeah. I was unhealthy. I was unhealthy when I was run, when, um, I said the time like I'm 85 kilos now. But when I went through that burnout, like I was the fittest I ever been, have been. Like there's a difference between fitness and health, like you yeah. know. And we, everyone wants that sort of in between, like you know, um, of health being healthy and fit, like. Um, you but, can have someone really fit, man. But like obviously, like us three, maybe not 
Most Jay, if we got BMI, if we got assessed purely on BMI, we'd probably be classed as overweight. Yeah, we will be. So like, it's not yeah. the biggest. It's not an indicator as to whether. Okay, kind of is, but it's not the biggest indicator. It's not the only indicator as to whether you're healthy or not. You know that way. No, no. but we. But I don't think we can glorify. I don't think like you don't think being obese needs to be glorified in the media. I don't think it needs to be like, you know, it's a controversial subject, but like it was, on, I saw like the, the, this magazine had like a picture of a woman who was morbidly obese, like, and it's, it's, it's been, it's been, it's, it's made to be okay now in, in, because it's like, oh, well, we can't be mean to her. We can't say mean things about her because she's obese. And it's like, well, you don't have to, but the science there is there. The facts are there that being like obese is not good for you. You know, um, and people need to be educated in it. And you know, there's more like, chance you're getting stick for having a six pack now, man, than being obese or overweight. Probably, yeah, probably. Like, yeah, there is. I so mean, when when we used to, if I go out and like say I don't get a dessert, everyone's looking at you like you're a freak. Oh yeah, if you're not oh. drinking, you're not drinking. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the drink thing is the biggest one. Like, what's wrong with you? Like, you're, you're on antibiotics. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Heineken yeah, Zero is the best thing that's ever came out, man. To get away with it, just hold, hold your hand over the zero part. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the thing is, man, as well, is like, I like a beer, right? Like, but, like, I was saying to clients last week, is like, have your glass of wine, have your beer, like, just don't do it excessively. I don't do it all the time. Everything can be done in moderation. Like, you don't, you can go and get two beers in the shop and have it. Like, that's cool. Unlike don't, this don't podcast that's lasted three hours, like, are we on the Joe Rogan? We are. Three hours. <laughs> Fucking hell. Getting <laughs> three hours, man. I'm glad I was late for the first hour, but anyway. <laughs> Four hours. <laughs> no, yeah, it needs to be looked at, man. It needs to be looked at because, you know, like, especially... Like getting kids, to the man, end of this, really like... <laughs> getting to the end of this needs to be looked at, mate. Girl, <laughs> your hair is grown, mate. Oh, yeah. three hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you'll have to. You know, you keep uh, threatening that you're going to train at some stage. But Damo, yeah. If if you ever want to do a session or anything like that, is there into giving it a go? More than happy to organize something. Be good yeah, crack. I'd love, love to. I'd love to give it give it an old bash. Yeah. Great. Um. Yeah. yeah. The COVID key I was on me now probably make things a lot harder trying to manipulate me body weight, move myself. But uh, yeah. I'll be, uh, I'll be that lad in the park doing a few regular chin-ups thinking I'm brilliant and then you'll come along with <laughs> Ivy. I'll start, I'll start jogging as soon as I see you even though yeah, I hate like, jogging. I'll, I'll be doing chin-ups next to you but I'd, I'd love to give it a, a shot. Yeah, I'd, I'd be uh, I'd be interested in a, a few different things. Just uh, just from purely just show-off point of view I'd love to be able to just do something, something cool like, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Simple as like that's the reason why it's that's the reason I suppose ultimately why you get into everything. I started martial arts because I thought being able to kick people in the head was cool, um, and things like that. You know, it's, it's, that's what gets your attention initially. So it's the same thing, and then the, uh, I'm sure, um, the the love for it or whatever. You know, you'll change my mind and make me enjoy it even more than 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 just trying to do something cool. You know, that's how things start. But you always you, you start something ultimately because you think it will be cool to be able to do something. So. Um, that's 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 what I, I, I'd see. You know, I'd love to be able to do some kills, some sort of body um body movement, some calisthenics um pole to be pretty fucking slickly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. The 
like as you say, you, you like the look of something, that's why you get into it. Like, yeah, um, that's initially it. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool, man. I'll keep my top goes. on, though. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> you don't want to see my pale, you don't want to see my pale buddy in, in March. Not a chance, <laughs> Either got sunburned that last weekend, didn't you? Went out for a run, lad. <laughs> the only Went man who can get sunburned in December, like. I told you, man. I'm fucking, I'm like Steve Sidwell. I remember Steve Sidwell, the tan ginger. You put me in Portugal for two weeks, I'll come back like Steve Sidwell. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, definitely, Gerald, yeah. Gerald, since, since your sport is, is relatively new, and I'm sure it's fucking, like, the competitions and all that are obviously, well, how long are the competitions going in your sport, girl? It's probably just, like, yeah, since like, it's relatively new in Ireland, it's probably gone on years though around the world, is it? Well, you're talking 10, 11 years now of like a worldwide recognized competition, so like world events, 10 years. And um, we organized the first competitions here that was in 2016, so like four years in Ireland. So, what? but so then, what what would the 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 drug testing point of view be in cal- calisthenics? Is it is it forbidden or what? Well, yeah, it, it's weird because, like, like you were saying about you want the, the juice. Uh, nah, <laughs> <laughs> as I'm showing my nerves. arm here, like, oh, he's no, nervous. No, <laughs> nah, there's no testing, like it's going. Like, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, we're not we're not evolved enough yet, I suppose. But for a lot of the yeah. lads, there's there's two ways of looking at it. In that, no matter how much juice you put into yourself, you can't learn a skill. But then also, mm-hmm. if you if your recovery rate is a lot quicker and you're able to train for three hours and I'm only able to train an hour because you're on the juice, like, you know, there's a lot of that side as well. But now it's it's not at the point where it's it's looked at or, you know, there's not enough money in it, though. Like, there's no... Yeah. But again, people just want to fucking win. There's always that... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, to, that's, you know? so not, you get that rich kid that is brought up well, has all the money, and just wants to win. Like there is a few, obviously you you could look at and maybe go, yeah. But like overall, most of us, like you know, the the weight category in calisthenics is 50, 60 kilo, and you know, like what's the that girl? I'm at I'm float between sixty five, sixty nine. But there's not many weight categories in our competitions, which that like it's an argument I'm making at the minute. Should there be? But um, yeah, certain certain depending on the organization. Some of them have weight categories. Um, I just think it makes it more accessible and it's a more even playing ground because people in their 80-odd kg that are six foot five, like they can't compete against me who's five foot odd and 60 kilo. Do you know what I mean? Like I have a huge advantage there. So, um, yeah, and the score, make, like, score and the judging criteria will be the same. Like, you know, I don't, again, I do ignorance on, on my behalf but like it, how long how many seconds you might be able to hold a static hold for how clean it is in comparison to someone that's a lot bigger than you I suppose more points awarded or whatever way the judging criteria is how can how can it ever be a level playing field if there's not more weight and weight categories yeah exactly yeah like if you have if you have really long limbs you know compared to me I'm closer to my centre statics are easier um, and that's not just like that's not a uh, an opinion, you know what I mean? That's just a fact. Um, yeah. Certain characteristics are going to be more beneficial to certain sports. Like you said, you having longer limbs could be a benefit in kickboxing, but it might be a disadvantage in, in our sport. 
Yeah, yeah. Mm. the same in 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 lifting as well. In like, you know, a taller person will deadlift probably deadlift easier than a smaller person will squat easier. You know, um, same kind of things. You know, same kind of same um same ways that uh that that that, that between tall and small. You know, there's benefits, there's pros and cons. Like, yeah, there's a thing. Uh, last time I was chatting to you, I was talking to you about that, but like the Chelsea Wars are named, but they do like talent identification programs, and like that was how. Uh, England went from you know not winning too much to being the most successful in 2012 and 2016 and she was literally just going around to schools and looking at like what physical characteristics does a certain sport need okay you have those characteristics you're joining that sport you have those characteristics you're joining that one and she said like a lot of them would transition so you could be coming maybe toward fourth second in one combat in one certain sport and they turn around and they're like well, your characteristics would suit this. And if you, you know, if you're at an Olympic level, you like you said, you want to win. And someone says to you, if you moved into that sport, you'd actually be a lot more successful. And a lot of them did go from tour and fourth and one uh, sport to winning the next one because they had characteristics that suited a different sport, you know? Makes sense. Yeah. The biggest, the biggest kind of, the most well-known sport, I suppose, are characteristics is basketball, isn't it? And just height. Like, and, um, the my wife Rebecca, so she she plays basketball, but like I always find it fascinating. Even the smallest people on the court, like men, now I'm talking when I, when I'm looking at them, like I think I'm gonna be about the same size as them, and I'm still looking up at them, and they're, yeah. they're probably six six three, and it's just like it, it's a weird it's a weird um conversation. Like I, I, I kind of say to people, it's like how how like how do you all end up playing fucking basketball? Like it's like because obviously when you are only young and are playing up at such a young age. Is it like is it just rolling the dice? I just hope the fuck we grow because I love the sport, <laughs> and then all of a sudden they end up being tall. It's like how come you're all so fucking tall? Um, because it is, it is crazy. Like um, how, how some statistic so in the states that if you're over six foot, the higher the percentage goes up for the likelihood that you play professional basketball. So if yeah. you're like something like if you're over six foot five, like I think like nearly twenty percent of the pop people at that category are professional NBA players like um, incredible and then obviously they, yeah. they probably have a, a wingspan is probably ridiculous as well you know their, their arm length and yeah. things like that yeah probably yeah it is it is mental it's it's fascinating how, how they just coincidentally all end up so fucking big um, because again they're all they're all starting, starting from kids which is um, it is probably the probably the biggest I, like it's probably the biggest sport with with an attribute like that that's needed. Like obviously there are exceptions, but they're all still six foot plus. I don't know yeah, if there's anyone yeah. that's under. I don't know if there's anyone that's under six. Like, but um, you know, other sports, they're kind of it's kind of a mixed bag. I don't really know any other sports that are like a must. You know, if they're contact sports, they're all weight categorized. If they're, I don't really know any other sports. Like rugby, it's a bit of a mixed bag. I know they're all giant, but you can put mm-hmm. size on. You can't make yourself taller. Yeah. In uh, in gymnastics, the tallest ever fellow was five nine, but in general they're like four nine to five four. Like the the average, and it keeps it's it's dropped down every year. And then in females, like the tallest was five six, I think. And then it's but it's just gotten lower every year. So they're getting smaller and they're getting narrower, um, every kind of year. So that's mad. And then going going back to the going back to the testing, like going with the drug testing, like I, I, I knew kind of shot like again, it was just ignorance on my behalf. That's why I said like, just ask how many years it is involved. But like even in kickboxing, the testing is very limited. 
you know. Mm. Um, and it's that's and it's what I mean about the money. Like they wouldn't have the money yeah. to test people in ours. I don't know what it's like in yours, but yeah, it's not. It's not there. It's not there. You know. Um, and it's an, it's an extra cost that that people have to pay. Like if you're a promoter and you want the sport to be playing, it's going to cost you. You know. And why yeah. the fuck would you do that? They don't want to do that. Like you know, they don't well, care. Really. They just want, you know, they just want money. Um, so they don't want to do that. So. But there are governing bodies, like so. When we fight at the Waco events and things like that, like that, they, they have random drug testing, but it's very rare. And and again, they're only testing it at the event. You can juice all year round and then just cycle it out. And uh, yeah. you know, so it's 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 kind of not it's there's no point in it really. You know, um, I've only drug been drug tested once, and it's just a urine test as well, urine sample. And uh, but that's it, like once in your whole career, like and it's a, uh, you know, so it's very it's not it's not very prominent like and it's the chances of catching someone are very slim but it's uh, it's definitely uh, I think there's a lot a lot of people a lot of guys down there at a at the, at the highest level you know especially in other countries like you know I don't even mention any any names right? but you, you, there's definitely like even at the at the Worlds last year we were chatting to a, chatting to a guy from another country and he was openly telling us about other teammates that uh, were juicing like, from clubs that are juicing you know and I competed against him once I competed against one of the guys once and uh yeah, just kind of like it's it's mad, you know, it's just my mental. But that's what you're up against again. If countries are willing to to fund uh, their, their their sport, you can guarantee that they're going to be willing to do other things, you know, because they want success. They want they want the they want money coming back their way, so they they'll do it at all costs, pretty much. Um, you like know, the bullshit thing, wasn't it? Yeah, that's me. I haven't watched that now. I haven't watched it, but I've heard a lot about it. But. Nice. Uh, they probably just piss me off. Yeah, it's just. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it did. The, like, the Russians are monsters as well. Like so, they, 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 like they're just so mentally strong. They're just, they just need. You never see them like they're not physical specimens. You know, they're just workhorses. You know, so mm. it's just like it's the worst kind of combination. You know, they're just <laughs> fucking workhorses, and if they're juicing, like you know, but we had one lad talk to us before and. He was saying, like you, like he was like, if you've been coming, say maybe second or third, and it could be in swimming or something where you're coming up against the same people all the time, and some lad, some doctor walks up to you and is like, if I give you this, um, I think you'll beat your man, you know, and it's it's at that top level where he's getting all the sponsorship deals, you're not, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's very hard to say if, and obviously we don't, but like. Yeah. You can see yeah, why someone would be tempted, you know what I mean? Yeah, and especially on, when people are coming close to their last run, you know, when they're like, right, fucking, I didn't, you know, didn't make it to this Olympics. So I've only got one more cycle in me, like, I'm just going to fucking go for it. Like, you know, I'm gonna, you know, people are definitely, it's a lot later on in their career, they'll do that and people get desperate, you know. Um, because again, you kind of get to find as that sport in person. That's what you are. You are that sport in person. So unless you really, you know, excel at it, like, seem to be a failure in the sense, you know, people definitely, people definitely um try to push that on you, and also you kind of have to have a good, uh, good morals, and again, good fucking family. But if you're that person that had no, uh, no acceptance or no love from anything else in life other than sport, you could definitely be easily persuaded a lot more if your morals were in the wrong, in the wrong place, you know. Um, and again, it, it depends on a culture. We know it's wrong here, and we get educated that's wrong. And um, but if you're in a country that you don't know, you don't know anything else, you know, and your coaches could be even slowing it, like slowing it into you, you know, as 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 a when it when when they're um, from other countries that completely put faith in their coaches, like you know, just complete complete faith. The coaches is the, the be all and end all. The coach might, might as well be their father, um, they, they, they'll do whatever they say. So 
they could be just giving them giving them shakes, giving them supplements. They God knows what what it is, you know. They don't they don't um, you know, I'm gonna give you this cortisone injection. Like it could couldn't mightn't be for cortisone, it could be whatever. Like they they probably just listen. So it's very hard that uh, if your morals are mixed up, you know, it's uh, I could I could I could never do it. Just you, you constantly just knowing you're actually like um couldn't sleep at night, you know. Like if you know that you didn't prepare Roy, I can never I fucking you know, I could never even live with myself with that. Never mind knowing that I fucking cheated. Like um mm. you, you'd constantly be beating yourself up. Like, you know, I'd rather I'd rather fucking try and fail than um than uh, than than have all the success in the world like fucking and have it taken away. If you look at that Lance Armstrong, it's like he, he, who he was is just completely gone now. Like it's just taken away from him completely. Like it's like that would be fucking and there's no coming back from him. Like he's done, yeah. his career is over. There's no way he's getting another chance. Like I'd rather I'd rather fail and and try again and fail and try again and fail and then just you know can 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 see it and say right I just I tried my hardest but couldn't do it than yeah. uh, than fucking do that like and have it ripped away from you like and just be a fraud you know it'd be fucking it's a uh, it's a uh, soul destroying. Right? I, I sound like I'm very uh, pro drugs here, but there's a science like there's a guy talking about the science side and he was just like science is always going to be ahead of the the assessments you know people will always yeah. find ways around it you know they'll find yeah. ways where what you're assessed on they can't trace it and he's like mm-hmm. it, like just just let them do it like but I, I, I'm the same as you man I, like I, I fucking hate to talk in needles and yeah I, I want to know that I've, I've been my best and I haven't been my best just because I've pumped something into myself and long yeah, term it's, it's, it's because... healthy like no. Yeah, the, the, the rewards of it aren't there. The rewards of it from the drug testing point of view is there. Like, like they're not getting, they're not getting bonuses if they fucking catch people. You know, it's not that's not like so. There's no incentive for them to want to improve testing constantly and and be really thorough with it. Um, whereas there is a massive incentive for people that can that can and come up with a drug for for whatever country that won't be tested by by the Olympic fucking commission. You know, like there's there's a massive um. Massive incentive there, serious rewards financially and uh, and just you know bragging rights um for for those kind of guys. So that no wonder it's going to be ahead. But yeah, it's uh, unless it, like it has to be like we were saying earlier about the the has to be a, a, a worldwide well a, a country thing. Well, in this case, it has to be a worldwide thing at, at events. But if if you're like like the kids being told that we're not going to play competitively. And then they're like, right, well, fuck that. I'm just going to go down the road and play. It's the same kind of thing. It's like if, if someone, if there's some events saying, like, we're not going to drug test, they're like, well, fuck that. I'm going to go down the road and go to the test, the, the worlds where there is drug testing. Unless it comes out as a universal thing and it's like, you can you can do what you want. You know, you can do what you want. Then it's not cheating anymore. It's only cheating because obviously it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's frowned upon and it's banned. You know, unless everybody is doing it, then it's not cheating unless it's openly. And that is the scenario in cycling. Is that's what they said. Everyone's doing it, and it's like that's where they have. They all have to be able to compete. Um, but that's cycling's job to clamp down on that. And it's the same in, in other sports, you know. But it, but unless they openly come out and say that it's a level playing field, um, and every every governing body is gonna fucking be willing to willing to you know um track and 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 do. Testosterone, testosterone replacement therapy on every athlete and it's going to be monitored appropriately by doctors and that's the only way it's going to be a level playing field again then you know but but you're better off just keeping it keeping it all natural and just trying to again it's it saves less hassle from people and and, and again you don't know the long-term effects down the line never mind the short-term effects on them just trying to win 
you don't know what effects it will have time, a long time on your on your health. But um, it's definitely been done at, at the highest level. Now we've experienced it a few times at, at sport. You think you're at a high level, and then there's these guys that are just in fucking fast forward, like and you're like, like just something that's that's just another level. It's something else, you know. And then you hear this kind of you know Chinese whispers from their teammates saying like, oh yeah, yeah, so and so was on it. And you're like, fuck, like you know. Hopefully he gets caught soon enough because he's fucking racking up the racking up the wins and racking up the medals. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And he probably he probably retired from a sport like that's not as recognised. Like kickboxing's not as recognised as cycling and there's not as much financial. He probably get through his whole career and just retire and be fucking happy out. Like. And <laughs> um, he does bladder. I'm gonna I'm gonna explode, mate. So and um, we had the we had the extra hour before you, Dino, and you had a toilet break, mate. So I know, man. It's not it's not on. <laughs> it's not worse than being late. I fucking I, I hate it. There's a client being late. I'm, I'm more late now on Zoom than I am ever in life because I'm, ne- I'm never late in person. But ever since Zoom, I'm so fucking late because you think I can just pull it out of my pocket and get onto the phone. So I'm always late. And I never should have talked. And as you see, what, three and a half hours every? Um, so I'm always running late onto the next client, onto the next client, onto the next I'm client. I'm going to have to release it over like three weeks. I'll have to release each hour in a separate like segment or something like just, just, just pay the whack. You'd be all right, mate. It'd be only an extra four euro here or something. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go, lads. All right, but that was class. Thanks for chatting to me, boys. Yeah. Thanks for having us on, mate. Fine, yeah. fine, girl. Me, me and Ethan love chatting. Show you. I'll call you now, Ethan. We can have a chat for another hour. Yeah, we. Uh, that's what I said. <laughs> when me and Dime are talking the phone, it does be a, a good hour, solid hour. So, I mean, we're only getting warmed up. <laughs> 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 thanks very much Carol alright lad thanks a lot legend Carol right? all the best soon, yeah. Yeah, we'll chat to you soon we'll chat to you soon see yeah. you later Ethan take care lads